VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Oh, what's going on, everybody? The NFC playoffs. You want to talk about up for grabs. That should be the slogan for the NFC playoffs. With Carson Wentz going down, you got Nick Foles in there. The Eagles are a completely different team. Struggling with the Hack Raiders tonight. That's right. Now, I say that lovingly because Danny G is on the ones and twos this evening. You know, diehard Raiders fan. So, yeah, I got to jab him from time to time. But look, man, the Raiders have been atrocious this year. I think even Danny would attest to that. Would you attest to that, DG? You with me on that? Yeah. He attests to that. <laughs> it's been so painful, he doesn't want to crack the mic. He will just Stop use the sound this effect. future atrocity. Yeah. yeah, it's been bad for the Raiders. But the Raiders... They played pretty well tonight. I mean, they at least hung with the the Eagles. Let me let me let me rephrase. 
They had five second-half turnovers. So let me backtrack a little bit. They didn't play well tonight, but they still were able to hang with the Eagles. The Eagles win by a field goal. Well, they should have won by a field goal. They won by nine points due to some late last-second shenanigans. But it's essentially a field goal win when you forced five second-half turnovers. What are they going to do against the best teams the NFC has to offer? And you look at this, man. It is so wide open right now. You got Eagles, Vikings, Rams have had a great season, Saints. Would you be surprised if any of these teams head to the Super Bowl from the NFC? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Carolina, tough defense. Atlanta is the sixth seed right now in the NFC. They were the Super Bowl team last year from the NFC. I wouldn't be shocked if they found a way to get some offensive continuity going on, get a little bit more of a rhythm. I wouldn't be shocked if they emerged. I mean, think about it. Would you be shocked if Atlanta ends up being the sixth seed? If they pull off a a first... You know, a, a first round upset. And then they would head to the Eagles. Eagles clinched home field in the NFC tonight. That was the nice thing that they did. But could you not see the Falcons going in, facing the Eagles in the divisional round and pulling off the upset after what you saw tonight with what the Raiders were able to do, hanging, even though they gave up the ball five times in one half? I think it's totally up for grabs. I really do. Now, the lighter side of this whole thing, for the gambling community out there, if you went Eagles minus 10, or around that realm, it was just pull your hair out city. Now, full disclosure, I did not have any Scoobies on this game. I I just didn't have a great feeling one way or the other. I didn't love taking the points and going with the Raiders. I didn't like laying the points and going with the Eagles. I just stayed far away, right? Stayed away from this one. But if you had some change on the Eagles, you're just tearing your hair out all night long. Can't find their offense. Nick Foles is just remembering that he's Nick Foles tonight, right? And you get this little glimmer of hope. The Eagles are up by a field goal. It's a 10-point spread. And all of a sudden, Derek Barnett is just racing toward the end zone. Here's how it sounded on Sports Radio 94 WIP Eagles Radio Network. Carr dumps it over the middle, running with the football, and lateraling it back and forth. Finally, it is fumbled, and running in is Derek Barnett for the touchdown! Merry Christmas, everybody! ha <laughs> ha! Was that the real... That sounded like you, Danny G. That sounded exactly like you at the end there. That was the actual call? That wasn't you just kind of like splicing yourself in? Does that not sound... Can we hear that again? Do you really think I would say Merry Christmas after a Raider fumble? (laughs) Good point. (laughs) I would have said, bah humbug, you bastards. Right. Listen, can you play that again? Everybody listen very carefully. There's a couple of things that we got to sort out here. The end of this call... Sounds exactly like our guy, Danny G. Check it out. Carr dumps it over the middle, running with the football, and lateraling it back and forth. Finally, it is fumbled, and running in is Derek Barnett for the touchdown! Merry Christmas, everybody! (laughs) 
The laugh for sure. Okay, the voice not so much. The laugh is just dead on. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is it's it's, you... it's like we just reciprocated the the yeah. laugh. It's 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 almost Wait, We did what to the laugh? We do <laughs> I, I used a big word that replicated. Replicated. There you go. Replicated. Yeah. There you go. Reciprocated is what uh, your date won't do. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. man. Wow. <laughs> Man, Christmas was like two hours ago, so I guess we're over and done with that, huh, Danny? We're out of that spirit altogether. There's there's no more Christmas music on the network. (laughs) Okay, so Danny G, his laugh sounds exactly like the laugh on that cut following the Derek Barnett touchdown. But if you had some coin on this game and you're like, hey, at least I'm going to get a push... You get this crazy touchdown at the end for the Eagles. The Eagles said, nah, why don't we just take a knee and not attempt the extra point? So the Eagles win by nine instead of ten, which would have been a push at least for everybody who is back in the Eagles. So that's a crazy, that's a crazy scenario. That's horrible because you are sounding like the play-by-play cut. If you had money on the Eagles, you're doing like, Merry Christmas! And you're laughing like the Danny G sounding left. Laugh- <laughs> like a Christmassy laugh. <laughs> I'm gonna get a push after all, and then you get nothing. You get a bunch of coal. But <laughs> oh, that is Danny G to a T right there. Danny G to a T. But the NFC playoffs—they're gonna be fantastic, top to bottom. Anything can happen. You can't say the same thing with the AFC playoffs, with the Patriots and the Steelers. They're the class of that conference. If you're telling me that you wouldn't be surprised whatsoever to see the Jaguars emerge from the AFC, come on. You got to be surprised to see that. You'd be surprised to see the Titans come out. I'd be floored if the Titans came out of the AFC, whoever's the sixth seed. I'd be stunned. Not with the NFC. I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. I'm Brian, though, in for Big Ben, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com. For a free rate quote. We got to get to some hoops here. Because I don't know what the officials were looking at. At the end of this Cavs-Warriors game. LeBron James. The best player in the game. Was fouled by the second best player in the game. So you could say. Where was the superstar call? Kind of goes out the window when he's guarded by a superstar as well. But. LeBron James driving down the lane gets absolutely hacked by Kevin Durant. Yeah, he blocked the shot cleanly, but he was hanging all over the rest of his body. That's a foul. How is that not called a foul? I don't know what the officials were looking at at the end of that game. Here's LeBron James, what he had to say about that final play. Uh, I, I lost it. I lost it on the left wing. Um, it got me a little bit, but I lost that one. Um, but the one right before, obviously the overturn one, he found me twice. Um, but whatever, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> All right, yeah, he did get fouled. There's absolutely no doubt he got fouled. They'll, you'll see calls. I, I'm like this. Look, I am not one of these guys where. If it's a foul in the first quarter, it's got to be a foul in the final minute of the game. I have no problem whatsoever with the officiating changing. 
where it's got to be a little bit more blatant, a little bit more egregious with the game on the line. I'm fine with that. It's the same concept in football. If you throw a Hail Mary, there's a little bit more contact. It's got to be a lot more blatant for you to get that pass interference penalty compared to if you're throwing a 10-yard out pattern or something like that, right? It's got to be more blatant considering the situation. I have no problem with the standards changing a little bit. A lot of people have a problem with that. They're like, if you call it in the first minute, it's got to be called in the last minute. I've never subscribed to that. But with all of that being said, the contact was enough so that it should have been called a foul. If that was the first minute of the game, it's a no-doubt foul. I still think it was a no-doubt foul in the final minute, even though I'm okay with the standards changing a little bit as the game goes on. I don't know how you don't call that. I was baffled by it. Looked like there was plenty of contact to call that. But they didn't. I would love to see, if we're going to replay, if the ball is off of which guy, I don't know why you can't go back and see if there's a foul or not. I, I don't want to, let me be clear about this, I don't want to review plays just to see if there's a foul. But if you're reviewing a play to see something else, to see who the ball was off of last, and you you could correct the call, I think it's mindless not to be able to have the power to be like, well, he does kind of rake him across the left shoulder with his body. <laughs> like <laughs> The proper call is call foul. Why don't we just do that while we're looking at the replay and can see it clearly in HD slow motion? I don't know why you can't do that. By the way, on the lighter side, Baron Davis, former Warriors player, he called out Kevin Durant for earlier in the game. KD had shoved Jose Calderon with the basketball, and that would have been his second technical. He would have gotten the gate, and the the, the officials looked the other way. No technical, no nothing. And Baron Davis went to Twitter and said, Calderon, stop playing. Too physical for the tattletale. So he's calling out KD and and saying that, you know, he's a little soft. The tattletale thing is interesting because he screwed that up. You gotta go tattletale, right? So kind of like how Mike Mayer went with reciprocate instead of replicate, Baron Davis should have gone tattletale instead of going tattletell. He he went the wrong way right there. But in any event, he's calling out KD, which is interesting because Baron Davis is a former warrior. You know? Threw that to the wayside. I'm going after KD. The tattletell. Now what? So there's BD checking in. You can check in it as well. 877-99 on Fox. That is your phone number. 877-996-6369. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a phrase that I commonly screwed up and didn't realize I was screwing up until later in life. There's got to be something. If you have anything, hit me up on Twitter. I'd be I'd be interested to see that. At the No Show, N-O-E Show. If you are honest with yourself, and did something Baron Davis-esque. He went tattletell. If you thought a phrase, a word, was something other than the correct version, I'd love to hear it. I'm going to rack my brain. It shouldn't be too hard to come up with something. <laughs> All right, 877-99 on Fox. Hit me up. Love to hear from you guys. Want to be interactive tonight. 
Coming up next from the Geico Studios. You might not blame this player at all, but I'm going to. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. Here on Fox Sports Radio, we're coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. By the way, Danny G, we talk a lot about music when I fill in for Big Ben. Big lover of music. Are you down with Foo? You a fan of the Foo Fighters over there? I've always been a fan of Foo. I have too. I'm not a rabid fan, but uh, I'm a fan of Foo. I'm down with Foo. I, they were in Nashville not too long ago. Um... Man, I didn't go. You were too busy canoodling with your fiance. <laughs> canoodling, huh? <laughs> you like that, huh? That's good. I'm gonna have to look that one up just to make sure. You know, it's uh, of the proper definition right there. By the way, I was racking my brain uh, in the break because uh, Baron Davis, Baron Davis, he called out Kevin Durant and. I'm I'm kind of unclear. Is he calling Jose Calderon a tattletale, or is he calling Kevin Durant a tattletale? I think that he's calling Calderon a tattletale, and he's calling KD a little a little bit weak. Like uh, uh, I, I'm I'm unclear. His his tweet is Calderon, stop playing too physical for that tattletale. Danny G, can you decipher this one? Is he calling out KD or is he calling out Calderon or Calderon? Yeah, I, I was com- I, I'm all over the place. I was confused too. I, yeah. I think Calderon. Okay, that's what it. That's what I thought the first time I heard it. So it makes sense because KD pushes Calderon with the ball, right? And Calderon runs up to the official and he's like, "What's that? Toss him. That should be a tactical foul." So it would make sense if Baron Davis is calling Calderon the tattletale. Now I'm screwed up. Tattletale. See, I'm taking over for Baron Davis now. So anyway, Baron Davis is misusing tattletale. So I was trying to figure out something that I misused. This happened just a few months ago. I was filling in for a Denver radio station. And I thought that the proper pronunciation was omnipotent. Because Eminem uses it in the song Rap God, which is an outstanding song, by the way. But he uses omnipotent. And so for whatever reason, I was making some sort of comparison. And I used the word, or I used the drop. And I started saying the word like Eminem was saying it, not knowing that it's omnipotent. And all these people were texting in, and they're like, you're an idiot. That's not how you pronounce it. Get this moron off the air. And, all and I'm like, what? What do you mean? What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Turns out they were right. I, I mispronounced it. I didn't know that. But I learned something that day. Omnipotent. Thanks, Eminem. Thanks for screwing me up by mis- mispronouncing it, even though it works better in, in Rap God. Is there anything on your list, Danny G, anything that you pronounced incorrectly that you thought was the right way to do it? No, back in the day, I had some morning show partners who used to tease me whenever I would say bagel, bagel. (laughs) It just never came out right. And the same thing with drinking a beer and a black beer. Like I couldn't, you know what I mean? The two words just sound, sounded too much alike. Uh So, so that's why people like, 
is at least one of your parents from the East Coast? Because you're not saying bagel the right way. You're saying bagel. How do you say, do you say I, it? I don't know. I, for some reason, bagel, bagel? I say bagel. Bagel, yeah. I don't know. Is Black that how you... beer. Drink yeah. a beer. Bear, beer. See? Beer. But as far as mispronouncing words, or this comes up with song lyrics a lot, where uh-huh. people think a song says this, and they sing it that way for years, and then they find, uh, and then they yeah, find yeah. out, oh damn, yeah. they're not saying that. I thought they were saying that all these years. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. I'm sure I have plenty of gosh, because I love heavy metal. Goodness, there's plenty of things that I'm sure I thought were one way, and it turned out to be another. Not the easiest genre of music to hear the lyrics and know what they're saying all the time. I love it. It's my favorite, but uh, I got to admit, it's not the easiest to decipher from time to time. Yeah, I used to, I'll have brain freezes from time to time. I was doing a show years ago. I was doing my old, you know, weekend overnight shift. And there was some random story involving a, now I'm having a brain freeze already, a raccoon. And for some reason during the story, I said raccoon. And every time I said it, I must have said it 10 times. I'm thinking, why does that sound so wrong? <laughs> raccoon. And then <laughs> I asked a friend, I'm like, how do you say this word? And they were like, raccoon. I'm like, that's why. I was saying raccoon all night. I don't know why. I don't know. But sometimes I'll have temporary brain freezes. It happened with raccoon. I don't know. All right, so I got to come unglued with one person in the sports world. And I think my guy, I believe my guy, Mike Mayer, is going to have my back on this one. Josh Rosen. Adam Schefter reported that Josh Rosen, who I call cleated Jesus, right? All this fanfare, all the hoopla going over to UCLA, and he lived up to a lot of the hype. It's not his fault that his defense stunk to the high heavens, and their record wasn't the greatest. But overall... Pretty good job over at UCLA. He's going to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. And Adam Schefter reported that he would re- he would prefer to land with the Giants over the Browns. And it might be a knee-jerk reaction. I would anticipate it is with a lot of people saying, oh, who would want to go to Cleveland? Cleveland stinks. It's a cesspool. Look at all the quarterbacks who stunk over there and that sort of thing. I don't look at it like that at all. I look at this glass half full because the Browns, they have all sorts of draft picks. They have, what, five draft picks in the first two rounds. They might have two top five picks in the draft. And if you just get some competent quarterback play, good Lord, look at the 49ers. The 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo look like an actual NFL team capable of beating other NFL teams. The Browns, we laugh at them like they have no talent whatsoever. They've got talent. Miles Garrett can play. Joe Thomas, even though he's toward the end of his time in the NFL, if he comes back from the the arm injury, he's a baller. He's one of the best offensive linemen in football. They do have guys that can play. Josh Gordon, if Josh Gordon can just keep his head screwed on straight, they've got some playmakers. You know? If you get a legitimate quarterback there and hit on these other draft picks, look at the Saints. Saints are another great example. The Saints have been so bad. They, with one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, four out of the last five years, that's been a seven and nine football team. 
They've been sub-500 for four out of five years with Drew Brees because they couldn't draft. Mickey Loomis couldn't draft well. He couldn't be consistent at all. But you look at what they've done in the draft, they have absolutely crushed it. You might have Alvin Kamara be the offensive rookie of the year and have Marshawn Lattimore be the defensive rookie of the year. That's flat out getting it done with the draft. Let's say the Browns, maybe not to that degree, but they at least hit with a few of these top picks. With these five picks in the first two rounds, let's say they end up with three really solid players. Let's say they end up with two upper echelon playmakers. If Josh Rosen is that big of a difference maker, the Browns are going to be on the right path. I think it's lazy. I really think it's way too lazy to put all of the failures of these Browns quarterbacks on the Browns organization. Because who has thrived outside of Cleveland? Which of these Cleveland quarterbacks with the jersey with all the names on them, which quarterback who struggled with the Browns went elsewhere and just flourished was awesome? Anybody? I'm waiting. Because I don't see it. I think that you have to look critically at the quarterbacks just not being very good instead of just the organization as if they're holding back these phenomenal quarterbacks. That's not the case. So I don't like this at all from Josh Rosen. At all. I would look at Cleveland. like, Dude, they're probably going to go 0-16 unless the Steelers rest everybody and don't show up next week. They're going to go 0-16. They're, there's no further to go downward from 0-16. They're at the bottom, all right? If you're able to go there and succeed, your successes will be celebrated tenfold, not just by Browns fans, but NFL fans. We'll look at you like, good Lord, you succeeded in Cleveland. We look at LeBron that way. LeBron winning a championship is a 52-year drought in every sport over there. And he wins a championship, that meant more to his legacy than the two he won with the Miami Heat. So if you're a quarterback and you go there and you have great successes individually and team-wise, dude, it's going to be huge for your career. So I wouldn't be looking at the Browns like this cesspool and I don't want any part of it whatsoever as if the Giants are this well-functioning franchise right now. (laughs) Like, they're just firing all cylinders right now. The Giants, yeah, they're the gold standard of just really well-functioning organizations right now. Really? Have you seen what happened this season? I I would look at the Browns much more positively than Josh Rosen is. We're going to get to Mike Mayer and his thoughts about the Browns. I always like to hear from Mike Mayer, being a diehard Cleveland fan. fan. I want to see what what he has to say about that. But we want to welcome in Ralph Irvin. Ralph Irvin's going to spin us around. What's going on, Ralph? Merry Christmas to you, my man. Merry Christmas to you, Brian. And what was up? Well, a whole lot of games that may not have been all that entertaining. At least not to me. Because, boy, on that Christmas night, Monday night football game, Philadelphia and the Oakland Raiders, not a whole lot of offense, less than 500 total yards. And the Eagles pull out a 19-10 win. Fortunately, that late touchdown making it a Merry Christmas, or at least a little merrier for you. Earlier on Monday, Pittsburgh dominant in Houston. They hammered the Texans 34-6. There were the NBA games. Five of them, in fact. The big matchup saw Kevin Durant score 25. Klay Thompson at 24. Golden State beat Cleveland 99-92. Philadelphia dropped the Knicks 105-98. 
Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Russell Westbrook, 31 points. Oklahoma City beat Houston 112-107. Washington cast a spell on Boston 111-103. Minnesota feasted on the Lakers 121-104. And Brian, you know, you talk about uh, Mike Mayer's Cleveland Browns could have two of the top four picks in the upcoming NFL draft. Yeah, absolutely. It could be right up there. And Josh Rosen's like, no, I want to go to the Browns. I want the Browns. It's weak, man. It's weak. Bring the Browns on. If I'm Josh Rosen, I'm like, sign me up, man. Absolutely sign me up there. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. By the way, Danny G, he mentioned this about song lyrics. I like this, where he's going here. On Twitter, for fun. I like doing some of these fun things here. Um, Any lyric that you thought was one way that turned out to be completely different, Totally different, especially for the metalheads out there. This would be a good little little exercise here. I'm going to have to rack my brain. There was one time, there was a Metallica song. I wasn't screwing this up, Danny. I'm going to have to think my way through this one. It is Master of Puppets, and right before the guitar solo, James Hetfield yells, Dismay. And uh, one of my buddies, years and years ago, he thought he said infanticide, I think, which is some other Metallica song. Maybe he's getting them mixed up. But we got into this argument where he's like, no, dude, no, no. He says infanticide. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. It's dismay. Clear as day, man. And we're going back and forth, back and forth. We're finally like, how about we listen to it? What about that? And it was it's dismay. So that was one time that he was screwing it up. I think something that I was screwing up. Sometimes I'll make my own lyrics up, Danny G. There's a song by, uh, I think it's Nelly Furtado, where... Um, oh, old school, produced by I'm, Timbaland. I'm trying to think of, can you? what are some of Nelly Furtado's songs? I believe it's her. Where she's like, uh, I'm like a bird. I'll always fly away. That one, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. You don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I was thinking of a different artist too. Um, I think it's Nelly. No, yeah, I'm, I'm not an like, expert on her I'm music. Like a bird. Thank you. I always fly away. Thank I can't. Go- I'm thank not a goodness, singer. I'm not an yeah. expert on her music. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that it? Isn't that her? I think so. I think it's her. But I would say, jokingly, I'm a no limit soldier. Right. That's. At the time, that's what was popular at the time. So when she's like, I'll always fly away, I don't know what she says after that part, but I would always hum, I'm a no-limit soldier. So I'll make stuff up just for the heck of it, you know? Because I think it spruces songs up. So I did that for Nelly Furtado. That is uh, Canada's Nelly Furtado. It is. I'm like a bird, yeah. What are some of her other hits? She, I know she had a few, right? <laughs> I think you answered the question right there. <laughs> <laughs> she had to have another song. Nothing? Come on. You know, I'm going to Google this right now. Let me bring in Mike Mayer because he's our resident Cleveland fan on the network. 
And I just went on this rant against Josh Rosen, cleated Jesus, who has the audacity to say, no, I don't want to go over there to Cleveland. Really, as if they've been holding back these phenomenal quarterbacks. Just this long list of guys that had great careers other than their time in Cleveland. The best you could probably come up with is Jeff Garcia, who was decent with the 49ers. He had a couple of decent years. He wasn't all world at all. That's that's the guy that you could probably point to and say he played better elsewhere. And Josh Rosen doesn't want to go to Cleveland. What do you have to say about this, Mike Mayer? Uh, I'm very annoyed. <laughs> not to, not gonna lie, I'm very annoyed with it. I'm not surprised because of the stigma that has been created around Cleveland for the last 18 years. Uh, but like you pointed out, when who's the quarterback that went out of Cleveland and ultimately became a success? Like, name the quarterback. Like, right. Ke- Kelly Holcomb didn't succeed anywhere else. Tim Couch was out of the league very quickly. Like, oh, you, wait, wait, wait. Spurgeon win. Spurgeon win. Yeah, you can't forget about that Spurgeon win. Yeah, yeah but he, he did resurface, and he was just all pro, I know, all world I know, right. from that yeah, point. Yeah, he was lighting it up, throwing a bunch of touchdowns and for a million yards, totally. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, it's... I, I, I'm, I'm like you. It's like, if you go to Cleveland and you turn it around... With that franchise, as bad as they've been for the last twenty years, you're yeah. a legend. You're a you're bleeping. Legend. You're a bleeping god. I mean, it's you, it's. You know what you are? You'd be like Theo Epstein with the Cubs. Oh yeah, because it's it's like like you said with LeBron. That whole thing, that championship in Cleveland is going to live forever. Yeah. So and and they love the Browns in Cleveland. They're that's a football town through and through, and they've been dealing with garbage football for a long time. So if you go there. And you turn it around. You're a legend. You're yeah. a legend. Total legend. So I mean, it's like, imagine, I, if you went to the Giants, great example here. Okay, you go to the Giants if you're Josh Rosen, and you win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's great. That's that's awesome. But what? That's the fifth Super Bowl in team history, right? And you're following Eli Manning, who won two. Right. So right, and, it's, right. and it's basically it's basically the same thing that Eli Manning did all those years ago dictating where he wanted to go it's basically the same thing so and and it's not like they're a stable organization right now either so it's it it's confusing to me I mean I get the whole angle where oh the Browns all these quarterbacks but it's like what if you're the one what if you're the one that's that's what I've never understood so at some point somebody's got to say hey I want to be the guy to ultimately come in here take over this football team take over the city and ultimately maybe knock on wood, lead him to the promised land. It's just one of these, man, where, and I don't think it's that far-fetched. I really don't. People forget about the Patriots were awful before right. Tom Brady really, really got them to where they are. Drew Bledsoe had some good years, and they were a better organization with him, but they were still not where they are with Tom Brady. We forget about those lean years. There were so many years where they were awful. They were terrible. You know, there are a lot of franchises that you go back in time and, and look at them without a stud quarterback, and there are some lean, lean years. So we look at the Browns like they're always going to be hideous and stink. But if they get a legitimate quarterback in there, they've had enough talent for a long time. To be a playoff team, absolutely, if they had a top 10 quarterback. They've had 
They've had a top 32 quarterback. They've had the bottom guy for a long time. There's no way you can be successful with that in the equation, man. That's just it's where they're at right now. So if I'm Josh Rosen, I'm looking at this way more optimistically than he is. By the way, oh, you got an update? What do you got here? Yeah, we were actually Nelly right. Furtado? Well, I was right about how she hooked up with Timbaland. That's when she became cool, Brian. You were talking about the Furtado that was uncool. Remember, <laughs> she got with Timbaland and had promiscuous, say it right, and give it to me with Justin Timberlake. See, now, I remember the promiscuous song, but I, I when I was Googling yeah, and doing my research here, that I was saw an that album popped cut. up. Radio yeah. barely played that. I'm dripping yeah, in sarcasm I remember it, right but now. I cannot remember the... The hook. I can't remember the chorus on that one. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah, don't ask me to play it for you. Why not? The promiscuous song? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah I, I remember what? at the radio station I was at at the time, we <laughs> fought tooth and nail with the quote-unquote consultant because he wanted to play it even more. I think they played it five times per hour. It was horrible. <laughs> it was It was hell. It was that bad to you? It really was. I, the, the only other song that could compare to it back then was this Shakira song that they wanted to play like seven times per hour. How do you pronounce Shakira? Shakira, Shakira. Sh- <laughs> there you go. Now I got it. I, I'm noticing these weird pronunciations from you, Danny G. This never stood out to me before. Well, my mom is from Massachusetts. So maybe maybe Shakira? that's why some of the... yeah. Yeah. And my dad is from uh, Chicago, so there you go. So you got some random mixture going on there, uh, pronunciation-wise. Oh, she's. Accent-wise. I like it, man. Can we get some promiscuous from Nelly Furtado at some point this evening? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> what? what? What's up with that? I'm trying to remember the hook. I will play I, it. Tell I, you I what. See, tell you I what. I'll meet you in the to, middle. Just, I'll meet you in the middle. Okay, I'll play a right. cooler song from her. How about that? What? No, yeah. no, no. I want to hear that one because of how much you hated it. I don't remember it being as bad as you're describing it. You're like the dope at the wedding that won't stop asking for the most annoying song on the planet. Hey, I got it for you coming right up. Thumbs down. All right, we'll see if we can get a little little taste coming up next from the Geico Studios. Also, the Sean McVay syndrome may cost a few head coaches their gigs. We'll look into that as well. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. Here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. You know what's crazy, Danny? Is you're playing some old school Nelly Furtado. At the time, it sounds like it's cutting edge music, you know? But just listening to that, doesn't it sound just ancient? Just the sound of it sounds so old. Do you feel the same way? Well, what's weird is kids, you know, nowadays would call that old school, and we're like, didn't that just happen a few years ago? (laughs) It just sounds like if they made that same song today, it would sound much different. I'm saying same music, just the sound of it would sound different than the way that does. Well, I think what stands out more is... I don't really. I didn't realize when you were doing the whole "I'm like a bird." I didn't realize that was the same singer. I know her from Timbaland. I don't know her from, you know, AC pop light radio. I, I, I when I I remember being way younger when the "I'm like a bird" came on. I wanted to get a shotgun and shoot birds because that song was wow. hor- 
That song was just wretched. Man, I did not know you were this down on <laughs> Nelly Furtado. No, no, no. I like her stuff with Timbaland. I just okay. don't understand how, you know, that was the same singer that did I'm Like a Bird. Yeah. Do you same remember one. that? Yeah. I, I definitely remember that song. Yeah. She's a no limit soldier right here. <laughs> See? It's right there. It's way better. I don't know where my soul is. You know? Switch that up a little bit. It's just very whiny. It's in a whiny pitch. Yeah, she's very whiny. That's right. That's like the uh, unplugged version or something right there. Yeah, it That's says, a different version. It says acoustic next to it. O- Acoust- only, ah. only the deluxe versions of Nelly Furtado in our computer system. <laughs> <laughs> I like you got the underground stuff over there. You got the... The street Nelly Furtado stuff right Got the there. the stuff she did with Scam. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> little uh, stand shout out. I like that. Um, Ernie checks in on Twitter at the No Show, N-O-E Show, and says, how do we segue from Metallica, Nelly Furtado, to Cleveland Browns football? Also, will Rod Marinelli and the 08 Lions be popping champagne if the Browns join them? The winless Hall of Shame. I like that. Kind of like a reversal of the 72 Dolphins popping champagne. So the Bucks, right? Tampa has a winless team as well. So the Browns would be joining that not-so-elite company. But that's what we do here, man. We love to – we take the scenic route, all right? We're going to segue from Metallica to Nelly, Furtado, that is, to Browns football, and then get back to LeBron James getting hacked by – by Kevin Durant. We'll just run the gamut. By the way, Blind Scott, listen to this one. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland except for you because you work overnight and that's the only place you can afford to live. Oh! Man, what? Blind Scott is on a rampage tonight. What is that? That is someone who is not consumed by the Christmas spirit right now. Uh, I don't know what happened to Blind Scott. Something went south over the holiday season, man. He's on the warpath right now. Um, I wanted to mention this real quickly. There are a few head coaches that are on the hot seat right now. Look at Todd Bowles with the Jets. Jack Del Rio with the Raiders Bears watching. Could go either way with Jack. But one thing to keep your eye on, I call it the Sean McVay syndrome. Because Sean McVay, the young head coach for the Rams, who's had all types of success. The Rams, 11-4, and prolific offense. They look like a completely different team with Sean McVay over there, taking over for Jeff Fisher. I'm curious these teams that have defensive-minded head coach, at least their background being on the defensive side of the football, if they're going to say, you know what, Todd Bowles, Jack Del Rio, not bad, not bad, but... Could we find the bright young gun of the future? They might go that direction. I'm telling you, there are going to be some like quality control coach that has no business being a head coach that's going to get an opportunity that's way over his head. Watch it happen. All right, coming up next in the Geico Studios, the NFL playoffs around the corner. Which quarterbacks do you trust? What's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your... Uh, post-Christmas festivities. Hope you had a very Merry Christmas. So, uh, the Raiders. The Raiders, as my dad and I always call them. We always say that. They hung with the Eagles. They hung with the Eagles 
while committing five second half turnovers. <laughs> that is amazing to me. The last turnover resulted in a, a Derek Barnett touchdown. The scoop and score that sent the gambling world into a tizzy. But the Eagles said, nah, screw it. We don't really need to kick the extra point and have this result in a push with the point spread. Let's just take a knee and tick off everybody who backed the Eagles. <laughs> but before that final takeaway that turned into an Eagles touchdown, the Raiders turned the ball over four times in the second half, right? Four times before that final turnover made it five. And it's a field goal game? For the number one seed in the NFC? That's amazing to me. And you look at the landscape of the playoffs. We always look at the road going through Foxborough in the AFC playoffs. Compare that to the road in the NFC playoffs going through Philly with Nick Foles under center compared to Carson Wentz. It's a completely different ballgame. Totally different ballgame. I wouldn't be shocked if anybody in the NFC playoffs ends up in the Super Bowl. Not one team. You compare that to the AFC, it's night and day. It's completely different. The Tennessee Titans right now are the sixth seed. They've lost three straight. And they've looked pretty bad. They hung with the Rams. They looked okay there. But the previous games, you know, against the Niners, they didn't look very good. They just haven't played well lately. They lost to Arizona 12 to 7. <laughs> it was just an atrociously ugly game. You're telling me you wouldn't be stunned if the Titans came out of the AFC? You would be floored. You'd be like, this is one of the most stunning things we've ever seen in NFL playoff history. You compare that to the NFC playoffs, nothing would surprise me. Even if the Falcons, the Falcons haven't played very good football this year. But they're at home against the Carolina Panthers. And if they win that game, they finish 10-6. and six. I think that what we're doing with the Atlanta Falcons, all we're thinking of is last season when the offense was much more prolific and they made it to the Super Bowl and they had a 28-3 stranglehold lead on the Patriots that went south. But we're thinking of that version of the Falcons. And so although they haven't been that this year, although Matty Ice's numbers have dropped... It looks five times worse because we have last season at the forefront of our minds. Still could be a 10-6 and six team that has a lot of firepower. Is Matty Ice capable of putting together a few good performances in the playoffs? With Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Freeman in the backfield, a defense that can get after it. You got some playmakers. Deion Jones, very good middle linebacker. Desmond Trufant, they got playmakers. That team's capable of making a run. I would not be surprised whatsoever, especially with the uncertainty at the top. You got the top two seeds right now. As long as the Vikings win on Sunday, they get a first round bye. So the top two seeds would be the Nick Foles led Eagles and the Case Keenum led Vikings. Like, that's a recipe for anything to happen. The NFC is completely up for grabs. Before we get to the, the quarterbacks and all that stuff of the playoff teams, I, I want to focus for a second on Derek Carr. Derek Carr mentioned something after the game about 
the performance of the team and letting one slip away. Check out D Carr. Everyone should feel sick right now. We lost, especially on you know in our side of the things. We didn't do well enough in the second half to win the game. And you know they played well. Defense played well. They kept uh, you know getting us the ball back and doing things like that. So just looking at us in our room, we have to be better moving forward. Uh, we have one more game this year uh, to go out and do it, and then we got to come out fighting. I don't know what's happened to D Carr this year. That's a dramatic step backward. And I can't chalk everything up to being injured or health. or Because there are times that he looks good. That's the thing with injuries. If you're injured, you would consistently look bad and you wouldn't see traces of good. There are times where Derek Carr will throw a, Paul, uh, throw a pass right on the money. Pinpoint accuracy. It's those times where I think of that and I'm like, well, if he were injured, if he was really struggling physically, we wouldn't get that many glimpses of Derek Carr playing well. But you get that. So I can't chalk up everything to some injury where Derek Carr is hes just making bad reads, bad decisions. I don't think it's just injury-wise. It's just decision-making. He's really struggled this year. Um, and... You know, Christmas night, the debacle against the Eagles, they had a great, great chance to win that game. And just some bad turnovers and bad decisions. I, I'm curious because Danny G, he's our, he's our Raiders fan on the show tonight. There are more crawling around the uh, the network. Are there not? Are there other Raider fans affiliated with Fox Sports Radio right now, Danny G? Who else? We got Robert Guerra is. Who else is? Yeah, Rob, Raider Ryan. Yep. Yeah, um, Papa Bear. Hello, I work with Papa yeah, Bear on do. Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a handful of others I'm not thinking of right of now. Yeah, yeah. A couple of you guys. I just have to pick your brain because you watch all these games religiously. What would you say is wrong with D Car? Man, it's more than one thing. Like you mentioned, I I would say the biggest thing besides his decision making and his happy feet, because mentally it doesn't seem like he's healed from the multiple injuries, but last year they utilized him. The coaching staff did. The system worked in his favor. They utilized his strengths. This season, this dink and dunk stuff and yeah. the schemes, yeah. the the uh, zone blocking instead of the power blocking, and one thing I've noticed, Brian, I have not seen one uh, play action the entire mm. year. And you got Marshawn running the ball with authority. Why would you not give the defense a little play action and get the ball downfield? Anytime D has been able to go down the field, the Raiders succeed. That's how they scored in the game against right. the Eagles. But they go away from it constantly with downing, making these bad play calls, this dink and dunk junk. And and it, and, and it <laughs> seems like it seems it seems like Derek Carr is lost. In the headlights. Dink and dunk junk. Yeah, I like that. That's what it's been all season. Dink and dunk junk. Yeah. And, 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 and it sucks because uh, it, the, it got called back because of a penalty. But remember that jump ball that he threw and, a, and Cooper caught it down by the goal line? Oh, I know, I know. And so, he got tackled around right. the five. It anytime, was a great yeah. Anytime Derek Carr goes all the way down the field, he, he usually has success, whether it's a pass interference or or Crabtree or Amari can jump up and grab the, the ball. But this season, this it's dink and dunk this, junk. This dink and dunk junk. It's been horrible. <laughs> and that's why Raider Nation has been 
all over Todd Downing. Yeah. Ken Norton should have Ken I, Norton like, should have been it. the one who went at the end of last season and they should have given an extension to Musgrave. Yeah, Bill Musgrave, the offense was humming. Dude, it was number and, 6 in the entire yeah, league. You typically see uh, an offensive coordinator either get promoted to head coach. That's typically why you see him leave, but they're like, "Nah, we're good." Let's just go in a different direction here with Todd Downing. I don't know why. I don't know why you would change that if it was working. There's no reason to mess with something that's working, and they did that. Well, the frustrating, so sure that- the frustrating thing was last season that offense was one of the best in the NFL, and the defense was very average. This season, uh, thanks to John Pagano, the defense has turned it around the past few weeks. They look great. That Raider defense looked great last night. And they kept getting yeah. the ball back to the Raiders' offense, and the Raiders couldn't do anything. It was nothing. It was embarrassing, especially at the end of the game. We should have bet the under. It's, I'm, everything comes together now. That's what we should have done. That was that was my only under. solace at the end of the game. I was like, "Ha! Screw all you uh, haters that betted against the Raiders. You lose by half a point." Yeah, at least you could uh, you could be happy about that for sure. Yeah, the uh, Eagles backers. That's a rough one, man. That's the worst thing in gambling. Listen, let me talk to all the de- the uh, degenerate gamblers out there real quickly. When you're watching a game and you're like, oh gosh, it's just not going my way, it's not going to work out, and there's this sliver of hope, and you're like, but maybe, and then it's like, nope, door slam, (laughs) just, I'll give you an example. I may or may not have had some Scooby Snacks on the Jaguars this weekend, right? Back in the Jags. Now, I I got on this train because the Jags were down 7-0, right at the beginning of the game. And I'm like, okay, so the odds are a little bit better. At least the payout's a little bit better. So a little in-game morsel, right? A little bit. And then I started like in-game morseling away. And before I know it, I'm like, I really need the freaking Jags to win this game. And it's just, they're winning 19-16, to and then Blake Bortles is like, hey, wait a minute, I'm Blake Bortles. Why don't I just throw it to the 49ers? And the 49ers score three touchdowns in a row. Before I know it, the Jags are down 37 to 19. And I'm like, what is happening here? And so I'm like, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to work out. I accepted it. But what happens? That little glimmer of hope. Jags score a touchdown. Jags get the onside kick. Jags score another touchdown. It's 37 to 33. They have all their timeouts left. I'm like, we're back in this thing. <laughs> and the next thing I know, third and eight. Just need a stop, at least force a field goal. It's a touchdown game. You got a minute plus to work with. They give up a 30 yard touchdown run. And then you're like, I knew not to believe that it was going to work out. I knew it wasn't going to. And then I had some false hope that it would. That's what happened to the Eagles backers tonight. They're sitting there, just, you know, palm to forehead. Like, why did I do this? Then Derek Barnett's in the end zone, and you're like, I got a chance, baby! We're back in it! And they kneeled down for the extra point. You had to love that. As a Raiders fan, who is... It's been miserable this year. You forget that it was a 12-4 and season last year. They were magnificent. And this year, getting Derek Carr back, there was a lot of reason to be optimistic. And it's been a rough, rough season. And you could at least have this like Christmassy laugh 
when the Eagles just knelt down instead of kicking the extra point, which would have at least that would have won the Eagles backers their bets or at least gotten the push. And the Eagles are like, eh, screw it. Let's just uh, get out of here and kneel down. <laughs> you know where it all truly fell apart, though? What's that? A couple days ago when Raider Nation needed the Dolphins to win. Oh, man. that's <laughs> There was like this checklist of all these miracle things that needed to happen. And it was like, check, check. Oh, look, check. Oh, Dolphins. Oh, <laughs> damn you, Everything Dolphins. Everything else was working out, though? Yeah. Yeah, three for three and just needed the Dolphins to win. Uh, did the Dolphins win? No, no, no. Yeah, they they didn't show up against KC. Man, you know, that is the best way to put the Raiders season into perspective. They needed the Dolphins to win their Week 16 game to keep their hopes alive. That's how bad the season's been for the Raiders. <laughs> that That's the best way I could say it right there. Oh, that isn't funny. It's, it's accurate, though. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number, 877-996-6369. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, we look at the actual playoff teams. Because I'm curious, you go playoff team by playoff team. If I ask you which quarterbacks do you truly trust, we're talking big playoff moment, Big playoff game, you expect that they're going to play well and they're going to be an asset for their team to win. How many guys? How many of, let's extend it, we'll say 14 teams. And with the Chargers being, they're in the mix, you know, the Seahawks, they're in the mix. So we'll take 14 teams right now. In the AFC, NFC, right in the playoff thicket things. How many of those 14 do you trust? That's coming up next from the Geico Studios. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Geico Studios. As we always do. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Scale from 1 to 10, Danny G. Led Zeppelin, where are you at? Well, hmm. are you talking newer Led Zeppelin or classic first album Led Zeppelin? Newer? What do they throw something out in like 2013 or what? (laughs) You don't don't have the 2007 (laughs) album from Led Zeppelin? They dropped something in 2015 I don't know about? Huh? (laughs) The new Led Zeppelin. Yeah, there's a new Led Zeppelin. (laughs) No, there's, there's not. Um, I'm interested now. When was the last time they put an album out? Oh, gosh. That's a great trivia question. Because obviously their lead singer, Robert Plant, went Mm -hmm. solo. And so, yeah, we'll have to look that up. Yeah, what was that thing called? What was it? The, uh, I don't even remember, Plant something, whatever. (laughs) What was that called? (laughs) <laughs> you, sound very, you sound very like the technical plant right now. something conglomeration or what What was that thing called? All I know is when I was a kid, I was working for a rock station and they had an event where it was a light show, a laser light show. Uh-huh. And, and I had never seen anything like that in my life. So I go to the station event and I go in there and it smelled really funny inside. 
or near the out near the door, the entrance and the bathrooms. And I go inside and it's dark. It was like a planetarium. Uh-huh. And they played Led Zeppelin music really loud as these laser lights went off and you could see the solar system and everything. It was trippy. Um, that was my experience as a kid with Led Zeppelin. I, I like their music because I'm a fan of guitar. So, Okay, well, yeah, that'd be right up your alley yeah. then. So what are we saying here? You go Because the sigh, you're like... Well... <sighs> that would seem to be like seven or lower at least based on the sigh. No, the the reason I sighed is because I think their music can get kind of tiresome if you listen to an entire album. That's too much Led Zeppelin for me. So I like Zeppelin <laughs> in small doses. I guess that's where the sigh came from. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and listen to a double album. So we're looking like what? Six? Seven. Six and a half? No, I'd seven. say a strong seven. Strong seven. I'm still... if. Mike Mayer, if you could help me out with this, I am scrolling. I don't know what the heck that thing was called. Plant something. It was like Plant and the other dude's last name, and that was the name of their little project. But I, I, I can't. I don't know what it was. I don't know. I'm sure all the diehard Robert Plant people listening right now are like, "Who is this guy filling in for Big Ben? Big Ben would know this because Big Ben is my guy." No, 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 no. Ben no, only knows said- about Ben only knows Johnny Cash. No, that's oh, he's a big yeah. Johnny Cash guy. I didn't he know is, that. But that's the only artist he can name. You ever go to the Johnny Cash Museum in Nashville? No, I would love to go though. Oh, I've been there twice. It's fantastic. Okay, you got oh. it. What is it? What's the Robert Plant thing pa- called? Page and Plant. I believe that's what you're looking for. Is that what you're looking for? I'm hoping. Page and Plant? I don't think so, man. Like Jimmy Page is yeah, a guitar pa- player. Plant and Page. But it was something else, though, wasn't it? Oh, hang on. Uh, uh, Irvin has some breaking news on this. Okay. Well, well pa- right. Page and Plant toured and were a full-fledged performing act from 94 through 98. I mean, that's how they were touring as, was Page and Plant. Page and Plant. Mm-hmm. Huh. Maybe that is it. I just remember it differently. Hmm. I, I remembered, like, a word after the two guys' names. Am I just dreaming something up? If it was, like, Page and Plant, it'd be, like, the Page Plant... Whatever chronicles or something. Like that. I don't know what they it was call it. PPP this. page plant project. <laughs> you down I, with PPP? Like that's how they start I, their show. Yeah, I think you're totally making this up in your own mind right now. Yeah, no, there are a few other acts that Robert Page was in, but nothing like that. I mean, okay. they all they all had a you know a group name, the Priory of Brian, Strange Sensation, you know things like that. Huh? Are you a Led Zeppelin guy, Ralph Irvin? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, I, I have the greatest you... hits. Yeah, okay. All right. I almost called, Danny G, you'd like this, I almost called Ralph Irvin Bruce Irvin because I was, you know, nice. watching the Ravens, or the Raiders tonight. <laughs> like, it was accidental. If I do that ever tonight, Ralph Irvin, I don't mean it. I don't mean it. It's just because I watched the Raiders. Just go full Hall Eve. of Fame and call me Michael. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Or Cedric or Leroy. Monty works. What other Irvins am I aware of? Um, Julius. No Irvings. No <laughs> Irvings. <laughs> so G, how do you spell Irvin? Is it just I-R-V-I-N? Oh, yeah, just like Bruce and Michael. Who was the NAS- – there was a NASCAR driver with that Irvin, was er- wasn't Ernie Irvin. That was Ernie I-R-V-A-N. Oh, no. It was an, what was it, E? I-R-V-A-N. Oh, no, really? Yep. Are you a NASCAR guy, Ralph? Not so much. 
No, you were right on that thing. That lends itself to NASCAR guy. Are you kidding me? You well, had the I've spelling been, and everything. You work in this business long enough, you come across somebody that's got not your name. <laughs> you remember it. I went to high school with Ryan Newman. It's a true story. Ryan Newman's a current NASCAR driver. By the way, quick story. While I'm, uh, I'm uh, talking NASCAR and holiday festivities, here's a quick story with you. So one time, I'll tell you the first story. There's two stories here. Two for the price of one. So snowmobiling. I'm from South Bend, Indiana. So a lot of snow there. A lot of lake effect snow off of uh, Lake Michigan. And so there were two times I went snowmobiling with Ryan Newman. Now, one time was with uh, a buddy of mine and his sister. We were in two snowmobiles. So typically what I would do we would like try to knock each other off of the snowmobile. So the guy driving would drive so crazy, the other person would fall off. A lot of fun, you know? And so I thought that's what we were going to do. So I, you just naturally like hug the person in front of you. So I went to do that, and Ryan was like, oh, no, 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 there's something you, there's like a thing on the snowmobile to hold on to. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I held on to this thing. I thought he was going to kill me. He took off. I don't know how fast we're going. He's zigzagging. He's going in and out. Like, I thought I was going to die. And then when I realized I wasn't going to die and I could hold on, it was fun. It was great. But the story I was going to tell you another time, we're snowmobiling. And it's like a bunch of us. There's five or six people in this like row. And so I think Ryan was leading. Whoever was leading, it's like one of my first times snowmobiling. And they're starting to like lose me. I'm trailing. I, I can't keep up. We're in the woods. I'm like dodging trees and all this crazy stuff. And I'm trying to speed up. And I end up just taking a turn too sharply. And I fell off the snowmobile. And I hit what must have been the hardest snow known to mankind. Like right on my tailbone, man. Right? I had a hard time just walking. I remember being in class. And I I would sit down. And I was like, oh, gosh. If I just didn't have to sit, things would be much better. So there you go. Here are my Ryan Newman snowmobiling stories. That was going to kill me the first time. He didn't. Turned out to be a lot of fun. The other time, I couldn't keep up with the rest of the pack. And I almost uh, broke uh, my tailbone. You're like the Clippers' Danilo Gallinari, who has a broken glute. <laughs> Is that his official diagnosis? Yeah, a torn buttocks. Torn buttocks. Uh, it's always a rough deal when you get the torn buttocks going on there. All right, uh, we finally get to the quarterbacks in the NFL playoffs that you trust or do not trust. That's coming up next here from the Geico Studios. But Ralph Irvin, I-R-V-I-N, not to be confused with the spelling of former NASCAR driver Ernie Irvin. He spins us around the sports world. What's going on there, Ralph? Well, thank you very much. Not to be confused with Irvin Magic Johnson. That would be an E-A-R-V-I-N. Mm-hmm. But, of course, in the NBA, there were five games on Christmas Day. The big game, of course, was Cleveland at Golden State, and the Warriors were, well, they were the Warriors without Steph Curry. Kevin Durant at 25, Klay Thompson 24, Golden State a 99-92 winner. Joel Embiid at 25 points, and Philadelphia won in New York 105-98. Washington, three players scored over 20 points. They beat Boston 111-103. Oklahoma City surprised Houston 112-107. And Minnesota got 23 each from Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson. They beat the Lakers 121-104. Two games going on on Christmas Day in the first one. Pittsburgh dominant in Houston. 
winning 34-6. The Steelers are the AFC North champions, and they will have a first-round playoff bye. They could have home field through the playoffs, but that will be determined this coming weekend. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience in the Christmas nightcap. Oakland and Philadelphia traded the ball back and forth, mostly on turnovers. Less than 500 total yards of offense. The Eagles win it 19-10. Philly has clinched the top seed in the upcoming NFC playoffs. And when you talk about uh, quarterbacks that you can trust, I don't know if you can trust Nick Foles, even though he's with the top-seeded Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you, Ralph Irvin. Appreciate that. I'm Brian Noen for Big Ben. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Something that was interesting that Eagles head coach Doug Peterson was talking about after the game where the, the Eagles really struggled offensively. Here's what he had to say about the offense. He, uh, he's like, uh, this is a pretty bad performance. Not like Nick Foles was actually crushing it tonight. Um, so he went into greater detail. Check it out. I'd love to, to win 40-3 to three or 34-28, to 28, but sometimes you're going to be in these games. And, uh, you know, we gotta we got to be hard on ourselves as coaches and players uh, looking at this film, moving forward, and get, get things fixed uh, offensively. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> we just got to eh, get things fixed offensively. Uh, how? Carson Wentz is done for the year. Nick Foles, not even close to Carson Wentz. Just the playmaking ability. That's the thing that Carson Wentz was able to do is just extend plays, pick up chunks of yardage running the football. I wish that he was more judicious like Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is what I call a judicious runner where he's not putting himself in vulnerable positions and taking that unnecessary punishment. Carson Wentz willingly did that time and time and time again. It finally caught him. But being able to have that dynamic, that playmaking ability, coupled with 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions, that's what that's what he was giving you this year. That I have to go back and check, but I believe... That's the identical production, touchdowns and interceptions, as Brett Favre's first season with the Vikings. Remember when he just absolutely killed it with the Vikings? He was all world that year. That's what Carson Wentz gave the Eagles this season, coupled with the rushing ability. And Brett Favre, he, he'd scramble around a little bit, extend plays, but he wasn't, he wasn't as dynamic of a runner as Carson Wentz is. So you're losing a whole heck of a lot with with Carson Wentz. And now you got Nick Foles and you're talking about fixing things offensively. I'll tell you what, man. I I don't know that there is any fixing Nick Foles. He's just limited. He's limited. And you needed that playmaking ability of Carson Wentz to really make that offense hum. And that is. That's exactly. I'm looking at it right now. At the age of 40, by the way. Brett Favre, his second-to-last season, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Just think about that, how we just drooled over that season by Brett Favre. That's what Carson Wentz 
gave the Eagles this year, legitimate MVP candidate. Might have won it if he stayed upright throughout the season. But it begs the question, as we look forward to the NFL playoffs, if you go team by team with the current playoff teams and then add who's right now the seventh seed in each conference, we'll take 14 teams. Of these 14 teams, who do you trust? And what I mean by trust, you expect these quarterbacks to play great. Big playoff game, you expect them to have a great performance. Not You'd be surprised if they play really, really great football. You expect it going in. Who's on that list? So we'll throw on a little NFL Films music and really spruce this up. If I could get a drop of... Uh, how about the Eagles call when Derek Barnett scored the touchdown and the guy laughed like Danny G? You know, from time to time, maybe we could do that for the quarterbacks I do not trust. Where it's kind of like, <laughs> not that guy. Maybe we'll do that sort of thing. So the AFC, I think, is pretty easy, man. It's Big Ben, it's Tom Brady, and it's nobody else. I don't trust Blake Bortles. I don't trust Alex Smith. That's not to say he's incapable of playing well. I think most of these guys in the AFC are capable in spurts of playing well, but I don't expect it. Big playoff game, I'm not going in saying, oh, I expect Alex Smith to have a big game. I don't. Joe Flacco, no. Don't trust him, don't expect great things from him. Even though he had one of the greatest postseasons ever. 11 touchdowns, no picks. Well, they won the Super Bowl. I still don't expect great play from him. He stunk to the high heavens for multiple seasons. Marcus Mariota, please, get real. Not even close to trusting Marcus Mariota. And Phillip Rivers, no, don't trust him. The performance against the Chiefs, division on the line, that was hideous. Hideous what he did that night. Yeah, there you go. Don't trust him as well. NFC playoffs, this is where it gets interesting. Of the current NFC teams in the playoffs, who do you trust? Do you trust Nick Foles? Of course not. Let me get the laugh there, Danny G. <laughs> that sounds exactly like Danny G. <laughs> um, Case Keenum. It's interesting. Do you trust Case Keenum? Now, I think the knee-jerk reaction was would be to say, no. No, come on, he's Case Keenum. I don't... But you could talk yourself into it and say, look at what he's done all season long. He's hooked up with Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. He's played very well. He's protected the football. He got 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's knocking on the door of having a passer rating at 100. He's actually got a better passer rating than Aaron Rodgers. And... That's just when Aaron Rodgers was healthy and one extra game at the end of the season. So that's the company he's in. He's in some pretty elite company right now. You could try to talk yourself into it, but you know as well as I do, you aren't expecting a great performance every time you see Case Keenum in the playoffs. He's one of those quarterbacks he's going to have to prove you wrong. He's going to have to play great football in the playoffs. Win a Super Bowl for you to be like, all right, I'm, I'm completely sold. I'm bought in. It's not going to happen until then. Jared Goff. I think the same sort of deal. 
put together a very, very solid season. 24 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 7th in passer rating right now. Prolific offense. Probably the best offense in football. But do you trust him? Do you trust him against a top defense? Do you trust him on the road against a tough defense? No, I don't trust him. He's still one of those guys that's going to have to prove it to you for you to really buy in. Drew Brees, do you trust? Absolutely. No doubt about it. One of the best quarterbacks in football. Cam Newton, do you trust him? Again, completely capable of turning in great performances. Has done it before in the playoffs. But do I trust him every single time to go out there and have a good performance? No, I don't. I don't. He's had some stinkers this year. The offense struggles at times. Think about a lot of changeover. Trading Kelvin Benjamin. Losing Curtis Samuel. Losing Greg Olson in week two. It just has, it's been a really choppy offensive season. So, no. Every single playoff game, I'm not trusting Cam Newton. Russell Wilson, who's on the outside looking in, yeah, I trust Russell Wilson. I expect Russell Wilson to play good football. Even though he had one of the biggest Super Bowl blunders of all time, everybody puts it on the play call to throw it instead of on Russell Wilson. I don't know how Russell Wilson gets a free pass for that at all. I think it's very comparable to the Big Ben play. Remember when Big Ben, he faked the spike against the Patriots and threw the ball over the middle? You don't gamble the game away like that. In the Steelers' case, you protect the football, kick the field goal, go to overtime. If you're Russell Wilson, unless you've got a wide-open receiver, you don't throw the ball in the middle of traffic when you got beast mode in the backfield. I don't know how Russell Wilson gets a free pass for that. I have been a huge backer and supporter of Russell Wilson. I still don't know how he gets a free pass for that. But overall, yes, I trust him. Matty Ice, do I trust Matt Ryan? I grit my teeth and reluctantly say no. (laughs) Yeah. You think about that first game against the Saints this year, the interceptions. He was just awful that game, man. Throwing a jump ball in the end zone that's picked off and just, he's had a down year. And no, I just, I cannot trust him. He's made a couple of plays. The Super Bowl loss to the Patriots. Just a couple of decisions where it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? You can't take a sack. There's stuff like that. He's played very, very well in multiple playoff games, but no, I don't trust him going in. So your comments, feel free. 877-99 on Fox. Is there a quarterback that you trust that I don't? Is there a quarterback that I trust that you do not? Feel free to hit me up. If you're interested on that, also on Twitter, at the No Show, N O E Show, always av- available for you there. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, I'd rather be the Lakers than the Rockets right now. That's on the way. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. You're on Fox Sports Radio. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Still waiting on Promiscuous from Nelly Furtado. The odds, I'm going to set the odds for this one this evening because Danny G is dead set against this song for some reason. I want to say it's... 
I'm going to say 8-1. to one. We're going to put it at plus 800 that Danny G plays promiscuous from Nelly Furtado. It's not trigonometry. It's not trigonometry. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good payout if you hit on that thing, you know? You can put 50 bucks to win 400. That's not a bad deal. Not bad at all. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. <laughs> Who's that dropped by? Who's that from, Danny G? Do you know? It's the uh, the famous surfer dude at the uh, L.A. City Council meeting. <laughs> I don't know you that You haven't one. seen that video? No, uh, I haven't went viral. Seen it was a big topic of conversation on, on the Maller show, uh, I want to say two, three weeks ago. Really? Yeah. What do I Google? I want to check this thing out. How do I do I'll this? see if I could find it, and I'll retweet it back out. Okay. Okay. I want to check that out, man. That's good. He's the same uh, guy that said, stop the future atrocity. That <laughs> goes back to our earlier conversation about screwing words up, right? Yeah, that would qualify. There are a few people that hit me up on Twitter um, that mispronounce things. Uh, this is a common one. Mike said, for years, I'd say for all intensive purposes instead of for all intents and purposes. That happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, another a, one some people say, instead of big boned, big boned. Big boned. You're yeah, right. There's no yeah. ED at the end of that. That's right. You're you're right about that. Oh, and uh oh uh he's very family orientated. No, That's you bad. big dummy, it's oriented. You know what I hate? I hate the people that add an R to wash. <laughs> I hate those people. My stepdad. We need, he, he, Are you serious? He said that all the time. I hate go, your stepdad. Go wash your damn hands for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thinking about taking a drive up to Washington. Oh, it's so bad. That is so bad. <laughs> you do that, buddy, by yourself with your uh, R in the middle of a word that has no R. <laughs> R guy. That's what we got to call him from now on. Yeah, you're R guy. Warsh. Good Lord. A um, little basketball talk here real quickly. Here's the deal, man. The Warriors beat the Cavs without Steph Curry today. And while I thought that it was clearly a foul at the end, KD hitting LeBron James, the Warriors still won the game without Steph Curry. What do you think they're going to do with Steph Curry? Unless, like, Tanya Harding's bodyguard shows up and goes lead pipe to KD's knee or Steph's knee or something like that, short of some catastrophic injury, the Warriors are winning the finals again, okay? It's just going to happen. I Look, people confuse it and think I'm rooting for it because I say it the way I do. I'm rooting the opposite way. I would love for the Warriors to get upset. I would love... For Kevin Durant joining a 73-win team that had already won a title. I would love for him to lose. I'm rooting for him to lose. He's not going to. They're too good. I would rather right now, I would rather be the Lakers than the Rockets. Because the Rockets are good at the wrong time. They're just not good enough. You got the beard, you got CP3, they're trying to chase down the Warriors. That's great. They're not going to catch them. I would rather be the Lakers And have some of these young guns. I'd rather have Kyle Kuzma. I'd rather have Lonzo Ball who's trying to figure it out. I'd rather have Brandon Ingram. I'd rather have a very, very young team that's trying to get good 
at a better window where you might actually be able to win a championship. Rather be the Lake Show than the Rockets. All right, coming up next, an all-time QB still sold short. So, we got lots of ground to cover here. Maller Militia. Slash old school nobodies. <laughs> Man, that was a Justin Cooper creation. Did you know that, Danny G? He created the nobodies. Um, and people liked it. They'd throw the hashtag out there. I, it's not like yeah. the Maller Militia. Yeah, but they liked it. I used it, to man. work at another board. network at the time, and people would be that I, my former coworkers were like, who are these stupid nobodies? Is that right? They would really? They would hate no, on it? I'm just kidding. They didn't just talk totally about it. totally making that up. Did they listen to <laughs> Nelly Furtado over there at the other network? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Although they made us play generic music because they couldn't get any of the licensing on published That's music. Terrible. Oh, it was horrible. That's so, terrible. So we had all these jokes because they, it was like this commercial production library. So I would have to bump back oh, with Rock man. Jam number five. <laughs> it was so bad. Who was the talent? Oh, I know who it was. I don't want to throw him under the bus if you don't. I mean, I will, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to. No, it's okay. We're family. Take off any of my sources here, but you were telling me, I remember this. There was a guy that you worked with, and he was like, hey, hey, I told you to play, you know, Rap Jam 7 26. No, it's okay. I like him. He's cool. Uh, It's just he was not the easiest dude to work with. Chris Mannix. That's right. Sports Illustrated. Yeah. So he did a weekend show. And when they still did have some rights to music, because when I first started at this network, we were playing regular music, right? Uh So he played Yin Yang Twins at the start of his show. Well, then we get this memo from corporate saying, guys, sorry, we weren't able to renew our music licensing, so we're going to have to go to this generic music library. And so we had to play, like, hip-hop track number five in place of Ying Yang tw- Twins for him. And he blew a gasket. Oh, no. Oh, Mannix without his Ying Yang Twins was like you without your fiance. He was not a happy camper, man. <laughs> really? He was pissed. So he went that crazy, oh, yeah. huh? Yeah. So we had did to go. Did you know him well at the time? I did. and we So we go through this whole generic hip-hop music library with him because he's like well let me listen through i'll find something that's as similar to yin yang twins as possible so he settled on like hip-hop track number 12 <laughs> and it, it was um a fill-in guy you know doing the tech work one weekend and he played the wrong hip-hop track oh, man. and Mannix went nuts first we had to go away from yin yang twins now you can't even play hip-hop 12 and yeah it was uh <laughs> good times yeah, man, that's your worst nightmare to not be able to play licensed music uh-huh. because, dude, it's a whole thing, man. Whole thing. We had a little scare yeah, over here. We did, here. yeah. We had a little scare, but uh, we're good now. So you can play Nelly Furtado, you know? Actually, I can't. <laughs> you can. You may might not choose to. I'm gonna become like I'm gonna be known. I'm gonna be branded as a Nelly Furtado fan. It's I can't remember the song Promiscuous. We were randomly talking about it. Because, as always, the overnights, so winding road. We take the scenic route. And I was talking about things that were mispronounced or you thought were a certain way that weren't. And then you brought up song lyrics, Danny. And I said that I purposefully changed song lyrics at times. 
and I mentioned a Nelly Furtado song that I changed the lyrics to. And that's how we got down that road. And so you, I asked her if I asked you if she had any more hits, and she does. And I remember the song "Promiscuous." I cannot remember the chorus, and so it's been my mission to try to get Danny G to play it this evening. And he has been very, very adamant, very persistent, very stubborn not to play it. I've set the odds at plus eight hundred. That song is horrible. (laughs) He hates it. He has nightmares about it. He had consultants arguing for the play of that song five times an hour and Danny G resisted and now he is dug it. Whatever song was the most repetitive and the worst song out at the moment, that was the one song that the radio station consultant wanted played <laughs> the most. And so as the talent at the radio station, we would argue and argue and argue and they would never listen to us. You've raged against the machine. I did. I the whole it. time I was yeah. there, I was a rebel. Okay. So I mean, maybe look, maybe that's could, why maybe that's why I don't respond well to you telling me what song to play. I'm I'm just asking, and I set the lines. Here's the thing, Danny G, the official uh, Ben Maller slash fill in host odds. I've set them at plus eight hundred. So what you could do, you control what gets played and what doesn't. You could put a good portion of change on that line. You know, and then just play it, and you can rake in the money here, Danny G. You know, you just go to your online sports book, put it on it, plus 800. Nelly Furtado, promiscuous, is played this evening. You're raking the cash, you know, all your Christmas presents paid for. Done, just like that. So, a couple of things caught my eye tonight. Watching football and, and watching basketball all day as well. I'm going to start with the football, because you know me, I'm a footballaholic. Love the ball. So Nick Foles stunk up the joint tonight. Nick Foles was terrible. And if you watch the Steelers game, it was a boat race. Steelers crushed the Texans. But what was interesting to me is I'm fascinated by how backup quarterbacks will finally get an opportunity and they'll last a play or a series or a half and they're (laughs) injured themselves. That happened tonight with or on Monday night, with Tyler Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Excuse me. Taylor Heineke, he comes Who? in for TJ Yates. You're Who? getting deep on the depth chart here for the Texans. No Deshaun Watson, no Tom Savage. Now we're getting into the TJ Yates-Taylor Heineke range. So Taylor Heineke, he comes in for TJ Yates, and he's injured right away. Heineke's stat line, one for one for 10 yards. That's it. And he was injured right after that. And so I look at that and I apply it to Drew Brees. Here's how my mind works. Drew Brees did something that flew under the radar this weekend. Against the the Falcons, it, it became his 12th straight season of passing for over 4,000 yards. 12 straight seasons. And it was like, eh, by the way, Breeze, 4,000 again. 12 straight. That's it. No fanfare, no hoopla, no, wow, that's crazy. Unbelievable. It's just like, yawn, that's eh, what he does. And I look at the Taylor Heineke injury, and I look at that and I say, 
this dude had a hard time lasting a series. And Drew Brees has been upright to the degree where 12 straight seasons, he's passed for over 4,000 yards. That's amazing. Not just people, and they also, they, they blow out of proportion how quote-unquote easy it is to throw in this day and age of the NFL. Fans screw this up all the time. The media screws it up all the time. It's easier in this era than back in the day, granted. That doesn't mean it's easy. There's a big difference between easier and easy. So yeah, it's easier, but if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Deshaun Kaiser would come into the league and look like an actual NFL quarterback instead of what he's looked like for the Browns this year. These guys wouldn't struggle left and right. There are a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of guys. Marcus Mariota has been terrible this year. The guy has 12 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. He's got more picks than touchdowns. You know? You've had other guys have their struggles. Um, Mitch Trubisky has seven touchdowns and seven picks. He's 29th in passer rating, right? Brett Hundley, oh my gosh. (laughs) Don't get me started on Brett Hundley of the Packers. Hasn't thrown a touchdown pass at home all year. Zero touchdowns, seven interceptions. So if it was easy to be a prolific passer in this day and age, everybody would be a prolific passer. It's not easy, okay? So don't get it twisted. Just because this era is easier than others, don't make the mistake of saying it's easy. It's not easy. Yet Drew Brees, 12 straight seasons, 4,000 plus yards. Insane. It's absolutely insane what he's been able to do. And it goes unnoticed. I don't know what it is with Drew Brees. I don't know if it's because he's undersized. I don't know if it's because he plays in a dome. I'm not sure what it is. If it's just the era because there's no illegal contact. Well, there's no jamming receivers. You can't be physical down the field. There's defensive holding. There's illegal contact. And people look at that and they say, ah, big deal. Breeze through for 4,000 yards again. It's insane. It does a disservice to what he's been able to do. He actually, Drew Breeze had thoughts on not only 12 straight seasons of 4,000 plus yards. He hit the 70,000 milestone. Here's his thoughts on that. It's an incredible honor to have had the opportunity to play long enough to see that happen. Again, so many people are a part of that. All the guys that blocked, all the guys that caught him, all the coaches that put together the plans to make that happen. So everybody shares in that. Again, it was one of these yawn breeze at the 70,000 milestone. It's insane. <laughs> it's like, how, how is that a yawn? How? I have no idea, but for some reason, Drew Brees, who's one of three guys, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre, to reach 70,000 yards passing in their NFL career. And it's like, eh, eh, whatever. No big deal. That's Brees. Eh. Look at the era. We watered down the era more than the era waters down the passing numbers. Seriously. Granted, it's not like the Joe Namath 1960s anymore. It's a much different day and age. I get that. 
but we water down the individual accomplishments more than the era waters down the numbers. Really, if we're going to yawn at 12 straight seasons of 4,000 plus yards passing, what will we not yawn at? You know? I mean, really. What's it going to take for us to be like, whoa, wow, that's impressive? Dude's thrown for over 4,000 yards in 12 straight seasons. Taylor Heineke can't stay upright for a series. It's insane what Drew Brees has been able to do. If nobody else will say it, I'll say it. I'll be the proud one to say, that is unbelievably impressive. I don't care that he plays in a dome, and I don't care about the era. Even with all those things taken fully in regard, that is unreal what he's been able to do. And for people to yawn at it, it's a joke. It's a flat-out joke. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. How the Sean McVay syndrome can change the landscape of the NFL. I'm Brian Noe for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. for Big Ben here on Fox Sports Radio coming to you from the Geico Studios what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago I think that counts Danny if anybody got in on the official odds plus 800 8 to 1 that promiscuous by Nelly Furtado would make an appearance on tonight's program I don't know. In the court of law, eight seconds needs to be played. In a court of law, really? Yeah. That's what that's the standard? That doesn't sound made up at all. Look it up. De La Soul when they got taken to court back in the day. It was the first big trial against a hip hop group for samples. Eight seconds. Really? So that's the Okay, so let me let's walk down this road. If we were to play something, let's say vulgar. Right? Let's play Payback from Slayer, the chorus. Right? <laughs> what is that? You never heard the song Payback no. by Slayer? Well, I know who Slayer is, but what's Payback? Why is it vulgar? Tom Mariah, he's yeah, he's letting some F bombs go here okay. and there. All you right. know? So if we were to play seven seconds of that and the FCC came hunting after us, we could just say, Well, hey, it wasn't eight seconds, so we're good. Well, that's different. You're talking FCC violation. You're talking okay. language. I'm talking, You're talking about more sampling. Sampling. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, Fair ba- point. I barely let a little bit of promiscuous go just so you could hear it being blown up. <laughs> so that, I don't think that counts as a play. Is there a song you hate more than promiscuous? No, by I, Nelly it's, not that, it's not that I hate that song. Just <laughs> in general, when radio stations only have a playlist of six songs. Uh It really, really irritates me because especially nowadays when people have way more phones in their iPod, iPad, phone, you're telling me as a radio station, you're only going to have 10 songs in your entire library? I hear you need a little more variety. Is there something other than promiscuous where one of these consultants was like, oh, no, you got to play it. 
You got to play it, Danny. You got to play yeah, it. Yeah, my very first program director job when I was a kid, Spice Girls was all the rage with the <laughs> youngsters. Uh-huh. And the general manager at my radio station was so furious at me because I refused to play any of that bubblegum music. And I fought with this guy nonstop, and I went with hip-hop, R&B, old-school music. And when the ratings came out, number one in double digits, he wrote me a a thank you, a congratulations letter and a thank you letter. And he said, I'm so glad looking back that you fought me on the Spice Girls thing. (laughs) Yeah, because... Was there one song in particular? uh, Whatever their radio hit was, uh, I forget what it was. I didn't pay attention because... You know, that bubblegum music is annoying. I understand why some people want to hear it, because the the old saying that we had in radio was if you feed people dog food long enough, then Uh people start to get getting to like the taste of dog food. Okay, You know, it's the whole sheeple thing where people just follow what they think they're supposed to like. By the way, I got a quick Spice Girls story for you. You want to hear this? It's pretty good. Yeah, if it's under two minutes. Okay. <laughs> you got a two minute. Now we're timing minute. you. We're putting you on the sports okay. watch right now. I can do that. So I write columns for a website. Jason Barrett, he has been a former program director in Sports Talk Radio, and now he has this website and he's a consultant, kind of like a Sports Talk consultant, just an advice giver. And so I'll write columns once a week for this website. And so I was. I was double-checking how to spell the word wannabe because it was part of this column I was writing. And so I looked up the word, and the first thing that appeared was the Spice Girls song, Wannabe. And my computer just died on me. And so I had to take it to a computer store, and the first thing that pops up (laughs) is Spice Girls Wannabe while they're trying to fix it. So... So I got my computer fixed, and it brought up all my windows, and that's the first thing that appears, and I started cracking up. I'm like, these dudes must have been like, what is this guy doing, man? Uh, Big Spice Girls fan over here. You looked like the biggest tool ever. (laughs) I thought that was great. I thought that was funny. Uh, By the way, on the Scott Van Pelt version of SportsCenter tonight, you hear about this darts controversy? I don't know all the particulars about it, but... It's like high-stakes darts going on, you know? Big-time prizes, cash on the line, the whole thing. And so one guy is taking his turn, and his opponent's behind him, and he's coughing. This is a big controversy about coughing. But the shots they show, this the opponent behind the guy taking his turn, he's like, yep. Yeah, Two feet behind, three feet is right there. And this guy blatantly is like, <clears throat> like right before the guy is throwing. I think it's great. I got to follow this. I got to get more in depth on it and learn all the particulars about it and see the aftermath because we have a full fledged coughing controversy in the dart world right now. You can't cough. <laughs> it's like your famous throat clear. This probably happened on our network, I want to say, a year and a half ago, uh-huh. and I've used it on the Ben Maller show ever since. <clears throat> it sounds like me. Is it not me? Yeah, it's you. It is me. Yeah, you cleared your throat live on the air. That's because I'm relaxed. You know, I feel at home <laughs> good. here. Good, but, you know, when things like that happen, we capture it. Yeah. It's a moment in time. <clears throat> yeah, you 
have this thing called a cough button. <laughs> I like that, man. What other? I know you have a couple other. You've compiled It Is Grass. I it, know that's one of your favorites. It, wow, you sounded just like the drop. I, I have to... I was a little more outspoken because I was doing the show with Brady Quinn, and this is when the the players used to fall down. Remember Reggie Bush? Reggie Bush tore his ACL. He was a running back for the 49ers. They were playing at the Rams when they were still in St. Louis, and it's concrete all around the the edge of the surface. He fell down and tore his ACL. It I'm like, is grass. <laughs> Like good so Lord. animated. Let's get some grass around here. All right, wait, there, was, there was one more. getting injured. Let's get more grass. <laughs> it is grass. Yeah, because Brady was like, "Oh, Brian, you know these NFL owners? They don't like to spend money. You know, they're gonna pinch some <clears throat> pennies here and there." I'm like, "Dude, it is grass. It doesn't cost a fortune. Let's get some grass over here." <clears throat> I'm comfortable, Danny G. What do you want from me, man? Jerk yourself away. <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. The out-of-context drops. There's nothing better uh, than the Fox Sports Radio out-of-context drops. I like my think, meat season. Do you? Let me ask you this, Danny G, real quickly. I'm putting a 30-second timer on your response here. Everything's going to be timed from this point on. Do you think that Ben will telegraph certain statements that will then be made into drops? No. No, no, no. I don't think Totally organic. Yeah. Never never once. Never once. It's organic because he gets really bent out of shape that there's not (laughs) as many drops for the rest of the crew as we have for him. Okay. But then All I right. explained to him, Ben, you do 90% of the talking on the show, so of course we're going to have more drops of you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's like, why don't sense. you capture, you know, Eddie saying things, or you guys saying, well, because, <laughs> you know, we, we don't talk as much as you, so. Sure, and, sure. And we're not as full of it with, you know, like like this, for instance. Really, be for your mouth, it would be like Russian roulette. i have been falsely accused of telegraphing what turned out to be a drop and i did not it's a complete scandal that we have on our hands here at fox sports radio it was just the way i had said the sentence uh my lovely fiance the lovely christina she thought that i was telegraphing it or i knew what i was saying I was saying that I had a gigantic bone to pick with whoever I had to say. And I really drew it out like, I have a gigantic, and of course that became uh, the drop. She thought you I were have trying a gigantic to, bone. She thought yeah. you were trying to pump yourself up. I wasn't at all. Totally not. Um, I realized what I was, yeah. what I had said right afterward, but it's not like, oh, okay. See, because most of the drops we have for Ben. It's not him pumping up himself. It's yeah, more. It's more yeah. like this. I've become a thirteen-year-old girl. <laughs> I will hear, gosh, something because Jonas he'll do a show the weekend overnights, and he leads right into the Sunday morning show I do with Andy Furman. And he had said something just this last week. Said something about like being a thirteen-year-old girl. He's like, I am a thirteen. I'm like, that could be a drop right there. 
So I have my drop sensors. I have my drop antenna raised because of mainly the Ben Maller show. That's good. No, you fit right in with the Maller militia then because we have a running inside joke with all the listeners in the family. And uh, whenever Ben or one of us says something and it could be taken out of context, I get yeah. tweets instantly that say, that's a drop. That's a drop. There you go. Yeah, right so there. Yeah. Trust me, the uh, militia helps me with the drops. Very nice. Very nicely done by the Maller Militia, for sure. All right, up next from the Geico Studios, the Sean McVay Syndrome. First, though, we've got Ralph Irvin to spin us around. What's going on there, Ralph? Well, we have some scores coming in from Christmas Day. And, of course, on Christmas Day, the Pittsburgh Steelers did show that they can be a dominant factor. There's the knee, and that'll do it. The final score, Pittsburgh wins it over the homestanding Houston Texans. Their home season is over. They go to Indy, and the Steelers await the Cleveland Browns. Final score, 34-6. That's Bill Hillgrove on FSR affiliate Fox Sports 970 and the Steelers radio network as Pittsburgh did hammer Houston. They now have a first-round bye in the AFC playoffs in the Christmas nightcap. Oakland and Philadelphia played to a 19-10 Eagles win. Philadelphia clinching the top seed in the upcoming NFC playoffs with the victory. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Five games on the NBA hardwood on Monday. Of course, the big game was Golden State hosting Cleveland, and Kevin Durant scored 25, Clay Thompson 24, and the Warriors rolled to a 99-92 win. Philadelphia won in New York 105-98. Washington beat Boston 111-103. Oklahoma City surprised Houston 112-107. And Minnesota got 23 points from Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson. They beat the Lakers 121-104. Back to you. Appreciate that, Ralph Irvin. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Brian. Who's down the street in my 6-4? <laughs> By the way, I'm curious of the update music. Is that rap track number 16, Danny? What, what is oh, that? Oh, close. That's hip-hop. Kind of, right? Yeah, it's hip-hop track 11. Hip 11. Because it, it's not a real song, right? No, they took um, some famous Fox music and flipped it to a hip-hop beat. I like it. It's good. It sounds good. You know, it, the, um, the rap version of Ralph likes it, too. Cruising <laughs> down the street in my 6-4. <laughs> By the way, I love the rap versions of NFL Films music. Have you heard that, Danny? Yeah. Oh, it's really good. I've tried to find it everywhere. I have no idea where it's at. I mean, we grew up with NFL films, so anything attached to NFL films is money. Absolutely. That's part of our childhood. It is. It's our roots, man. That's when football was football. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. It's a new day and age in the NFL, and that leads into what I was going to talk about with Sean McVay. So you look at the Rams head coach, Sean McVay, What, 31 years old, all of the success, Rams, prolific offense. So we always hear about the NFL being a copycat league. So you have to look at what's about to happen in the league. We have right now, currently, 
14 head coaches that have a defensive background. 14 of these guys. Some are very successful. Bill Belichick, hello. Incredibly successful. Mike Tomlin has won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. John Harbaugh with the Ravens. More of a special teams background, but also a defensive background earlier in his coaching career. Dan Quinn with the Falcons just got to a Super Bowl. So you think about that. The Super Bowl matchup last season, it had two head coaches with a defensive background. So it's not to say that anybody with a defensive background can't flourish in the NFL and there's no room for any head coaches going forward that have a defensive mindset. It's not to say that at all. But it's just food for thought. You know as well as I do, with Sean McVay having as much success as he's had with the Rams, there are going to be multiple teams that are trying to find that next Sean McVay that could maybe take a team that's pretty good defensively, like the Rams have been leading up to this season, but we're just sorely lacking offensively. Especially if you have a young quarterback. If you have a top draft pick, like Jared Goff, number one overall pick, you got a high first round pick, probably want to couple him with an offensive-minded head coach to try to get the most out of him. So as you look at this, there are a few guys that are going to be out of a job. John Fox with the Bears, defensive guy. Chuck Pagano with the Colts. Defensive background. Marvin Lewis with the Bengals. Defensive guy. These guys are out of gigs. Watch each of those three teams. Bears with Mitch Trubisky, right? Very similar to the the, um, Jared Goff situation. Mitch Trubisky, number two overall. Jared Goff was number one overall. Jared Goff struggled his, his rookie year. Mitch Trubisky hasn't been lighting it on fire. Seven touchdowns, seven picks. His passer rating is sub-80. That's not good. Got to get a lot more weapons over there. It's not like he has a who's who of guys to throw to that goes into it. But he needs... Exactly like Jared Goff. Hello, last year. Who did Jared Goff have to throw to? Right? He had Kenny Britt, who was okay. Tavon Austin, who's severely overpaid. That's basically it. Bad offensive line, couldn't run the football. Go get him, kid. <laughs> like, what, what do you want? Now, all of a sudden, this year, they get a stud left tackle in Andrew Whitworth. You trade for Sammy Watkins. You get Robert Woods. You draft Cooper Cup. All of a sudden, you got a lot more to work with. So you might see something similar with Mitch Trubisky. If the Bears upgrade the talent around him, maybe you couple that with an offensive-minded head coach. So watch that with the Bears. Do they go with an offensive guy? My guess is that they do. The Colts. Maybe you get Andrew Luck back. Marvin Lewis over there with the Bengals. Still have Andy Dalton there. A little bit different than the Goff-Trubisky situation. But would they be interested potentially in an offensive-minded head coach to bring that offense to life? Sure. Rumors are Jay Gruden might go back there. Offensive guy. So pay attention to all the moving parts with these head coaching gigs. There are a couple of guys on the hot seat. Jack Del Rio. With the Raiders, defensive-minded head coach, defensive background. Todd Bowles with the Jets. Does he get the heave-ho? The Jets, they might get their hands on a a quarterback in the first round, draft a guy. Vance Joseph with the, the Broncos. They might draft a guy or acquire somebody. They're either going to go the Kirk Cousins veteran direction and pay a lot, or they're going to go 
with a top pick in the first round, maybe fifth overall, wherever they end up. Maybe they say, well, let's let's couple him with an offensive-minded head coach trying to find that next Sean McVay. So as right now, as it stands, 14 coaches with a defensive background, I absolutely expect that number to dwindle. Now, to be fair, there's going to be some offensive head coaches like Dirk Cutter with Tampa that are going to get fired. Is that offensive-minded head coach replaced with another offensive-minded head coach? It's something to, to keep in mind. As of right now, 14 guys. Here's the list. The list of defensive background head coaches. Bill Belichick. Mike Zimmer with Minnesota. Pete Carroll. Ron Rivera with Carolina. Dan Quinn with Atlanta. A lot of these guys have a lot of success, by the way. John Fox is going to be out with the Bears. Vance Joseph, eh, hot seat with the Broncos. Jack Del Rio, hot seat with the Raiders. Chuck Pagano with Indy. Marvin Lewis with Cincy. John Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin. Todd Bowles, Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills. That's the list, 14 guys. I'm going to say I'm going to say we're at 10. I'm going to say we're barely in double digits going into the 2018 season. Head coaches that have a defensive background. I think the the number's going to dwindle. I do. You're going to look for that young up and coming offensive-minded head coach. There's going to be some some kid that has no business being a head coach, you know, that's just like, I don't even, I'm not even ready for this. Like, go ahead, kid. Maybe you're the next Sean McVay. Uh, we don't know. Let's try it. <laughs> Throw some spaghetti against the wall, see if it sticks here. Some quality control coach is going to get a gig where it's like, I, I don't know anything about head coaching yet. It's like, go get him, kid. It's going to happen. So keep your eye on it. That's the official odds. I'm going to set the odds at 10.5. That's the line. 10.5. Over, under, defensive coaches. Coaches with a defensive background that are head coaches going into next season. I'm going to take the under. I think it's right at 10. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see. 877-99 on Fox is your phone number. Always, always on Twitter. At the No Show. N-O-E Show. I'll get to some of the tweets coming up next. There have been some interesting tweets that I want to touch on. Coming up next from the Geico Studios. (laughs) One tweet trying to prop up the Cavs against the Warriors. And Mike Mayer's email signature. I want to touch on that as well. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. You're on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Real quickly, Danny G. I had a thought for a, a game. I think it would work really well, really well, like... Uh, if I'm filling in for Big Ben. Yeah. And, and hold that thought. Uh, LL Cool J bringing you back right there. Uh-huh. He is the first rapper ever to receive a Kennedy Center honor. That's tonight on CBS. How really? far has hip-hop come? That's awesome. LL Cool J receiving the uh, Kennedy Center honor. That's uh, the equivalent to, like, a British knighthood. Really? How come yeah. I've never heard of it? You've never heard of the Kennedy Center? Office? I haven't. 
Yeah. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I, I don't either. I didn't know that. You taught me something, Danny G. Shame on me. I, but I got to be honest. I, I never heard of that. I've heard of Grammy Awards. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of many things. I hadn't heard of that. I, I'm horrid. What else do you want me to tell you? Um, but I was going to say, like, based on the, the LL Cool J that you're just playing right there, props to him, by the way, even though I hadn't heard of that. That's awesome. Um, it'd be a little bit like Lyric Jeopardy, right? And so what you do, you have, like, say, three categories. We'll say LL Cool J, Nelly Furtado, and Slayer, right? Oh, man. Whatever you want. And and someone will say, all right, I'll take uh, Slayer for 500 whatever. And you would play just a little snippet of the song, and then you would cut it off, and the person has to get the next line yeah, they're gonna finish of the it. lyrics correct, right? What do you think? Yeah, I've done a game like that before. You have? What did you call yeah. it? Uh, I'll have to, it was years ago, probably a decade ago, so I'll have to think hard on what we called it, but, (laughs) but no, no, seriously, we did something similar to that though. Are you in this week? Are we working this week, Danny G, or is it just tonight? No, I'm in with you the whole week. Oh, beautiful. I believe we get, uh, Loop back tomorrow. Ah, horrid. No, I'm kidding. I love Koopa. (laughs) I just want to throw a curveball at you. I'm kidding. I love Koop. Yeah, can we play like... Uh, Do we get Eddie back tomorrow, too? I think we'll have three-fourths of the show, yeah. Okay, minus the main dude. <laughs> like <laughs> Corporate Ben. Yeah. Hey, man, maybe we can give it a go tomorrow. What do you think? I'm down. Okay, I'm up for that, too. By the way, got some tweets here. Some tweets. I love this from Eric. Eric checks in and says, Cavs are still without Isaiah Thomas. Who is a hell of a missing piece? Um, okay. I was making the case that the Warriors still beat the Cavs without Steph Curry. And that was the response. Eric was like, well, hey, man, the Cavs don't have Isaiah Thomas. Okay, here's the deal. Let's do a tale of the tape. Isaiah Thomas and his jacked-up hip or a two-time MVP in Steph Curry. Who matters more? Who's going to make a bigger impact? I mean, come on. It's Steph Curry, the only unanimous MVP in the history of the NBA. Warriors win again, all right? If it's, hey, well, the Cavs don't have Isaiah Thomas. Okay, that's nice, but we're talking Steph Curry here, all right? Still incredibly productive, even with all that star power around him. As much as I would love to see the Warriors lose... Outside of a catastrophic injury to one of their star players, maybe two of their star players, they are not losing. It's not going to happen. You just got to be realistic about it. It is the season of the fanboy. Goodness, I have been bombarded on Twitter. Oh, Celtics beat the Warriors. They're going to win it all this year. Oh, my gosh. Stop embarrassing yourself. Seriously. I mean, it's a regular season game in November. The Warriors have lost multiple games. Who else have the Warriors lost to? It's not just the Celtics. Does that mean everybody that they've lost to is going to win a championship this year? No, it means that the Warriors were sleepwalking. The Nuggets beat them the other night. Are the Nuggets going to win a championship this year? No. 
So why would you make it out to be the Celtics winning a championship just because they beat them in November? It's silly. Like, again, I'd love for them to lose. I'd love for them to lose. But you got to be realistic about it. By the way, Mike Mayer's email, the executive producer here tonight, love Mike Mayer. I, um, I had a bone to pick with him a little while ago. His signature says, executive producers of Straight Out of Vegas with R.J. Bell and Steve Cofield, which is fine, but that's it. He didn't have anything else. He produces multiple shows here on the network. So I chastised him. Now, underneath it, it says, executive producer, dash, dash, weekends. That's the weekend love. He's got this, you know, straight out of Vegas in bright, shiny lights. And then the rest I, of the people. Eh, I'd love to hear his side of things uh, on the flip side. Okay. We'll get his side of things. We'll do that. And also, the best way to explain this team's greatness is to compare them to bad teams. Ah, yes, what's going on, everybody? Hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. Appreciate you tuning in. Hope your day is off to a fantastic start. I got to get to uh, Christmas traditions with the crew coming up here in a little bit. I want to talk about how much the Raiders have stunk to the high heavens this year. And even though they have, they hung with the number one seed in the NFC <laughs> this entire evening uh, until the wheels fell off at the very end there. NFC playoffs are wide open. Completely up for grabs, man. Wouldn't be surprised if anybody comes out of there and goes to the Super Bowl. But I'm going to get to all that stuff in a second. I was talking about Mike Mayer's email signature. And... It used to say and still says executive producer of Straight Out of Vegas with R.J. Bell and Steve Cofield. And I took him to task. I was like, is that the only show you produce, Mike Mayer? Is that it? You produce other shows? He's like, yeah, I do. I was like, what was their shout out at the end of your email address? At the end of your email signature? And he's like, man, I don't have time for them. You know, small potatoes compared to Straight Out of Vegas. And since then, I believe he has added... You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but it now says underneath that, executive producer dash dash weekends. Have you added that since I brought this to your attention, Mike Mayer? That is correct. I did. You did. I I, okay. ca- I, I, ca- I caved in. I caved right. in. I, I, I had to give you guys some love. And what's funny is... Uh, you were referencing in the last hour about uh, how your your fiance was talking about uh, the gigantic bone drop. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's funny. It was on uh, you. You fill in occasionally on uh, my weekend overnight show with uh, Jonas Knox and uh-huh. uh, me and Sam, and Iowa Sam, who was on the board. We looked at each other. We were like, "Wait, was that intentional? Did he really do?" That? <laughs> and we were looking at each other like, "Oh, did he set that up intentionally?" So. I thought it was kind of funny. And then you bring back this topic. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's the creation of the drop. It all comes together now. Right. And no, that was not a telegraphed thing. I was just, I don't know, I was being myself, you know, <laughs> obnoxious and drawing something out. But, right. No, I wasn't like, oh, yay, I'm going to get my own drop or something. I realized when I just said it, I was like, oh, gosh, I, I didn't see that coming. I until have I just a said. gigantic bone. 
Right. <laughs> and it was to pick with Mike Mayer because of all the shows that he produces, he shouted out one show at the end of his email signature. That's it. Nobody else got yeah, love. Yeah, I didn't really think about the ramifications of uh, putting that together. <laughs> it's all, I, oh, it's all good. No, man. I know. I, I figure. Yeah, I was just propping up. It's a, it's a brand new show uh, that's never been done before. I propped myself up a little bit and I got a little bit ahead of myself. So. I, and and I, I got to remember where I came from, Brian. Like, I started yeah. out in the overnights with you, man. So uh, That's right. I, I, I didn't realize it would strike that much of a chord. So. No, no, hey, it news, just it news stood flash, out. Newsflash, you're still on the overnights with you. Oh, yep. yeah, I know. Still I know. Right it, still, it, still hasn't, uh, <laughs> it still hasn't changed anything. So I just yeah. love the thought process of you like, yeah, you know, I see what Noah's talking about. All right, you know, screw All it. Right. Executive you know producer I, dash dash weekends. Yes. There, there we go. I feel better we've about got, how we've things got, stand. We've got a compromise there, Brian. I hope. <laughs> right, it's good. It's all good. Um, by the way, back to Danny G's Raiders stinking to the high heavens. Here's the thing I want to do. I want to look at a couple of teams that had great success last year and fell flat this year. Cowboys. Cowboys. Raiders. To name a couple. Cowboys were the number one seed in the NFC last year. 13-3 and record. Where are they at right now? On the outside of the playoffs looking in. The best they can finish is 9-7, and which isn't a horrible season, but it's a non-playoff season. The Raiders last season, 12-4. and Great year. If Derek Carr doesn't get hurt, who knows what they do in the playoffs. Where are they at now? They're in danger. They're one loss away from ending the season as a 6-10 and football team. Very similar to the Carolina Panthers. Remember the Carolina Panthers went to the Super Bowl, lost to the Broncos the next year. They're 6-10. and And now they're back up. Double-digit win team in the playoffs. They're just seesaw. Up, down, up, down. I look at these results... And I compare it to the New England Patriots. You know? I mean, look at this. Look at the success that they've had over the long term. They've had double-digit win seasons every year following the 2002 season. Since 2003, they've won at least 10 games. It's insane what they've been able to do. They've had eight straight seasons of 11-plus wins. (laughs) It's unreal what they've been able to do. Gronk was even kidding around about it. There's a great uh, comment of of Gronk where they're like, hey, what do you attribute that to? And Gronk's like, well, I've been on this team for eight years and has the most obnoxious laugh. It's hilarious. I love that that drop by Gronk. But uh, that comment by by Gronk. But the success that the Patriots have had is astounding. When you have, now you have 12 plus, so it's not just 11 plus wins the last eight seasons. It's 12 plus wins for eight straight seasons. It was already an NFL record just with 11 wins each of those seasons. With the win last week, a couple of days ago, Patriots have... 12-plus wins over eight seasons. It's just it's astounding. And the best way you can explain how great their run has been is to compare them to the competition. 
You compare him to a Cowboys team. Goes from 13 wins to out of the playoffs. A Raiders team, 12 wins to out of the playoffs. Maybe a 6-10 and 10 team this season. It is hard to maintain that level of success. And for people to just chalk everything up to cheating. What, what do you think? Deflategate gave them the ultimate advantage? It didn't. That thing was so overblown, not even funny. Spygate was over a decade ago. Newsflash, okay? It's been over and done with. They've won two of the last three Super Bowls. It, like, it doesn't even factor in to the last eight seasons where they've won 12-plus games at all. Joseph Fiesta, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can't explain away all that success and just chalk it up to that or a weak division. Oh, Brian, they play in the AFC East. How many times do I hear that? Well, let's look at the Raiders. Raiders play in the AFC West. Has that been a gauntlet this year? Huh? Is it just an unbelievably successful division? You got the Chiefs who, you know, they started off like gangbusters and then they stunk to the high heavens. You know? That's a 9-6 and six football team. All right. Then you got the Raiders. They stink. You got the Broncos, they're awful. And you got the Chargers, who figure out ways to just lose games when it matters most. That's the division. It's not a gauntlet for the Chiefs to win that division. Does anybody take credit away from them? Is anybody like, oh, that division? They'll do it with the Patriots all day long. They don't do it with anybody else. How about the NFC North? Vikings have had a great year. Great year. I take nothing away from them. But nobody is being like the the Patriot hater and applying that to the Vikings and saying, well, look at the rest of that division. The Lions, please. They find a way to lose to teams with winning records all the time. The Bears are awful. And the Packers had some bad luck with the Aaron Rodgers injury. But they've had a horrible year, right? Aaron Rodgers got hurt against the Vikings, by the way. So do you take they they faced Brett Hundley more than they faced Aaron Rodgers this year? Does anybody say, oh, yeah, take credit away from the Vikings? No, nobody does. No one. They only take credit away from the the Patriots. That's it. That's the only team that they take credit away from based on the division they play in. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Like, I can't help you with certain things, okay? If you are like yawn Drew Drew Brees through for 4,000 yards for a 12th straight season, if you're yawning at that and putting everything on the era of the NFL right now, to being more of a passing day and age than ever, and you can hardly breathe on the receivers with illegal contact, defensive holding, if you explain all of Drew Brees' success based on that, There's no helping you. There really is no helping you. It's an easier era to throw the ball in. It doesn't mean it's easy. Otherwise, everybody would be able to do it. And you know as well as I do, that's not the case. And also, just to remain upright for that long, you got backup quarterbacks like Taylor Heineke. Who? Yeah. Taylor Heineke came in for the Texans. We're down deep on that depth chart. He completed one pass for 10 yards. The next thing you knew, he's knocked out of the game. Never heard of him. 
The dude didn't last a series. Drew Brees has lasted 12 years where he could throw for 4,000 yards. That is impressive. So if you just yawn at Drew Brees' success and his production, I can't help you. If you yawn or you try to poke holes in the Patriots' success of eight straight seasons of 12-plus wins, it'll go all the way back to 2002 to find a season where they didn't win at least 10 games. If you chalk all that up to cheating, which they were stupid to do, I'll never give them a complete free pass, but the benefits of that cheating have been greatly, greatly blown out of proportion. If you chalk all their success up to cheating and the division they play in, there is no help for you. It's really that simple. And the best way you can look at it is to just check out the lack of consistent success from everybody else in the NFL. Everybody. All right? From the Raiders, from 12 wins last year to sub-500 this year. The Cowboys, 13 wins, number one seed last year to out of the playoffs this year. Like Team after team after team after team that doesn't have close to 10-plus wins dating all the way back to the 3 season. <laughs> Not even remotely close. And by the way, they might have been busted for cheating in some capacity as well, and they might have played in a weak division at some time or another and haven't rattled off all the straight divisional wins that the Patriots have had. Yet you only want to talk about cheating in the division. Okay, all right. That tells me that you just don't get it. <laughs> if you, you're raising your hand and saying, hey, Brian, hey, just so you know, I don't get it. I don't. I, it's cheating. I think it's the AFC East. You're telling me you don't get it. Don't be that person. Don't be that person. Don't. You don't have to say that, uh, whatever. You don't have to go over the top and, and never poke holes and never look at some of the things that they've done wrong. Okay. Think about the the latest thing where the, the trainer for Tom Brady, the, the personal guy who he couldn't say more glowing things about in terms of extending his career. And all, he's not allowed around the team facility anymore. There's something that just stinks to the high heavens about that. I'm not trying to tell you that the Patriots are squeaky clean. They've done some things to bend the rules before. But they're looking for slight advantages If you want to make that out to be the most unbelievable advantage in the history of the NFL, well, guess what? Other teams that have cheated the same exact way the Patriots have would have had the same amount of success the Patriots have had. Okay? And the fact that they haven't shows that it might be more than just the cheating and just the division that the Patriots play in. It might be that they're insanely good. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. That might be part of the formula as well. Just a suggestion. I don't know. 877-99 on Fox. It's your phone number. 877-996-6369. Also on Twitter, at The No Show, N-O-E Show. I'll get to some more of the tweets. There have been some funny ones. We'll get to some funny stuff coming up next. On the way from the Geico Studios. I absolutely hate this rule, but teams are stupid not to take advantage of it. 
I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. Here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. By the way, this bad song that you chose here, uh, Danny G, who is this? What hack band is this? Huh? What is this, you, radio, you, radio Rock? You really, you really want to start a fight right now? Radio Rock 2.783, oh, What? just, you know, carbon copy band. This what is, is that? This is like your really bad take on the Patriots <laughs> being in the AFC West. I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. Stone Temple Pilots, they've got some good songs. They've got some good songs. That one's more Radio Rock, you know. I'm not a huge fan of that one. Guitar's all right, but um, it made me think of something here. Startling discovery. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. One of my very good friends in life. I had lunch with one of my buddies, Chris. And uh, we grabbed lunch. I hadn't been able to see him for a while. Was at home. So we grabbed some food. And it's just, of course, the conversation. We're catching up. And uh, we're talking about music. And he's like, he told me he loves Nickelback. And I was like, What? He's like, oh, yeah, man, I've seen him like eight times. I'm like, what? What are what are you doing with your life, man? I could not believe it. Danny, honestly, honestly, this actually happened. He went into great detail. He was telling me how he, <laughs> he had done karaoke and he did the song Animal. And he said he's singing it really fast and it's a hard wow. song to keep up with. And I'm like, dude, you need therapy or something, man. Well, we have, you know, we were talking about drops on the show earlier, and there's a famous drop from Eddie where he says, I don't mind Nickelback. <laughs> right, and yeah. he had went in on the <laughs> spiel about how, you know, Nickelback's not that bad. He rocks it in his car sometimes. I, I don't know. They're, they're just the most generic band you could ever imagine, and not, and not generic in a good way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll admit, there are a couple of songs that are not horrible. But like to see them eight times in concerts, something like that, they're the piñata of the music world. Everybody loves to beat up on Nickelback, right? We love to talk trash about them. It's just an easy, slow-hanging fruit, right? I don't mind Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's as far as I can go with it, right? I mean, I would never sit here and tell you they've never written one song that is any good because they have they got a couple of songs that are all right but that's as far as i can go man i can't believe he had seen them eight times it's unbelievable to me um a couple of tweets as i said (laughs) so just josh he checks in and he says make sure when you set up this game show you give them these three categories tool rush page plant so yeah, that was my not so original game I came up with, where you play, a, <laughs> you play a snippet of a song and you stop it and you have to say which lyric comes next. Apparently, it's been done before. Kind of sad. Thought it was fairly original. Turns out it's not at all. But hey, all ideas don't have to be original to be good. The Raiders, they, Jack Del Rio, could be like, "Hey guys, how about we?" throw the ball 
to more than guys three on our yards. squad. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> farther than three yards downfield. Dink and dunk junk. I love it. The catchphrase of the evening from Danny G to explain the Raiders' offense. Yes. Um, David DS, he checks in. He says, your take on New England is nauseating. If they had played in the AFC West, they would have still had a dude hiking the ball on their helmet and still been awful. Wow. It sounds like a ding of agreement over there, Danny G. All right, here's the deal, man. Yeah, a lot of uh, bandwagon Patriot fans or just younger football fans do not remember the Patriots stinking oh. out loud oh. the way they did when we were kids. They, they were, they, so they were one of the laughing stock teams yeah. in football back in the day. They really were, and that's another reason why Josh Rosen shouldn't be a pansy in trying to avoid the Browns. You know, the Patriots were brown-like stinky. They were awful, okay? They were really, really wretched. Even when they got to a Super Bowl, they stunk. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Who was that? Grogan was yeah. their quarterback. He had a neck brace, right? <laughs> yeah. That's how bad they stunk. Their Super Bowl quarterback had a neck brace on. Yeah, and they got rolled by the Bears 46-10. Oh. to 10. That's how horrible they were. Yeah. Yeah. So Josh Rosen shouldn't avoid the Browns. You get a legitimate quarterback over there. The Browns have talent. Um, but yeah, the thing with the steel, the the Patriots is this. Look, you can be emotional, just don't be emotionally stupid in life. I get, I have emotions too. Everybody has emotions. I get wound up. I'm a fan. I hate certain things. I love certain things. But I'm not going to be blinded to the point where I just come up with something that's just flat out stupid. Okay, like perfect example this year, the AFC West, David checking in and saying if they played the AFC West, they would still be bad, essentially is what he's saying. Really? You think the Patriots would be bad if they were in the AFC West this year? The AFC West stinks. You take away the the two first place teams. Okay, let's flip flop the Chiefs and the Patriots. Is there a great difference between... The Dolphins, Jets, and Bills this year compared to the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Is there? No, there's not at all. Okay. So let's stop making the AFC West sound like it's a gauntlet and the AFC East like it's the Sun Belt or the Mac. Okay. It's just silly. So I get it. Like you can hate the Patriots all you want. That's fine. I'm not saying you got to root for them. You have to even like them. But what I will tell you is, you have to be reasonable about the success that they've had. And if you chalk up double-digit win seasons dating back to 2003 solely to cheating in the division they play in, you just don't get it. Flat out. <laughs> like there's, there's no talking sense into you if you're like, oh man. They played in this division, they'd be nothing. Uh, really? I think they would. I actually did this because uh, Arnie, love Arnie Spanier, but he's been on this Patriots thing for quite a while. He got me all fired up. Where he was, his take was if they played in a different division, they, they'd have half the success. 
And so I did this little exercise where I went through each one of their Super Bowl winning seasons, and I looked at their division record compared to the record outside the division. I went into depth in terms of the winning percentage of the three other teams in their division compared to the 10 teams they played outside their division. There, I know. Dude, Danny you G, need a hobby, dude. Beat. I Hey, this is before I met the lovely Christina, okay? I got, I got, I got life now, all right? But before that... I had depth charts, I had pie graphs, bar graphs, all kinds of things. I think I had a compass out, you know. What's the thing where you, you stick it and then it goes in a middle little circle? What is that called? Protractor. You know Protractor. I had one of those things out. And I did all this uh, analysis. Plenty of years when the Patriots are winning Super Bowls where the division had a higher winning percentage than their non-division opponents. And also, the years they won the Super Bowl, they had a higher winning percentage with their non-division opponents than they did within the division. Everybody makes it sound like they just go 6-0 and every single year in the AFC East. It's not the case. It rarely happens when they're winning Super Bowls. What they're doing is winning more games. They have a higher winning percentage outside their own division. So what they're doing is just wrecking shop against everybody, not just their AFC East, which I will admit is not the gold standard of the NFL. Here's another crazy thought. How about, I don't know, the Patriots make life miserable for the other three teams. Like, what other team in the NFL has held down the rest of their division the way the Patriots have? No one. I mean, really, if you you flip-flop the Patriots, you could put multiple teams in the AFC East, in place of the Patriots all these years, and they wouldn't have reciprocated the success. That's a joke dating back to the first hour of the show uh, with Mike Mayer. They would not replicate the success of the Patriots at all. Just stop it. Stop it with the overly emotional stupidity about the Patriots' success. At some point, just say, they're really freaking good. All right, I hate their guts, but eh, they're good. That's all. That's all I want. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, I have to pay this off. I'm sorry. The rule that teams are stupid not to take advantage of. But Ralph Irvin, he's with us right now to spin us around. What's going on there? What's going on, Ralph? How you doing, man? I'm great. You know, Brian, it's funny because no one seems to remember the 49ers just cruising through the NFC West when it was the lowly Saints, the lowly yeah. Falcons, and the lowly Rams. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, they had 16 seasons of double-digit wins. And like you said, the rest of the division was a cesspool. And no one wants to hold that against them. They're like, oh, Joe Montana, Patri- uh, 49ers. Yeah. Why don't they talk about the division then? Why not? Ever. There's a great point by you, Ralph. Great well, point. Ha- happy to help. Meanwhile... They needed a little bit of help uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers on Christmas Day as they played at Golden State. And the Warriors get their final Christmas present of 2017, a 99-92 victory over Cleveland. LeBron James and Kevin Durant with hugs and handshakes. That's the Warriors radio network with the call. Golden State again with the 99-92 win. Joel Embiid had 25 points. The Sixers beat the Knicks 105-98. Washington, three players scored over 20. They were 111-103 better than Boston. Oklahoma City surprised Houston 
112-107. And Minnesota got 23 points each from Jimmy Butler and Taj Gibson. They were 121-104 winners at the Lakers. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Of course, there was NFL action on Christmas Day. The Pittsburgh Steelers earned a first-round playoff buy with their 34-6 win over the Houston Texans. And Philadelphia secured the number one spot in the NFC playoffs. They beat the Oakland Raiders 19-10. Thank you, Ralph Irvin. I'm Brian No in for Big Ben. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, got a tweet here, Danny, from Daniel. He says, all right. Hashtag Southern Train, hashtag STP, great song. And then he has both of our Twitter uh, handles in there. That's a smart man right there. You you got, you got started to come unglued about that. I didn't know that you were that territorial about your <laughs> STP. Well, rest in peace, Scott Wheeland. Um, Absolutely. Uh, look, I was a big Stone Temple Pilots fan before it was cool to, you know, be a STP fan. Uh-huh. So from okay. from day one, and the Purple album is a classic. So yeah, if anybody starts talking trash about Stone Temple Pilots, then I have a bone to pick with that person. Uh oh, gigantic. Uh, no, because I'm not looking to get a drop on <laughs> on network radio. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. Sure, you weren't. Oh wow, wow! You are joining the conspiracy against me. This is sad. This is a sad yeah. day. I'm with your chick on this one. Okay. I hopefully she's come around on that and doesn't believe I telegraphed anything. I was just being a my obnoxious self. That's all. By the way, the rule that teams are foolish not to take advantage of. That would be the hack-a-shack. I hate it so much. The NBA, they've taken baby steps to get that out of the game where, what is it, the final two minutes of every quarter, I believe now? Um, It's still a horrible rule. It's not basketball. You're supposed to move your feet, actually defend instead of taking the lazy way and be like, that guy stinks at the free throw line. Follow him. That's not basketball. That's taking advantage of a loophole in the rules. But, hey, as much as I hate the rule, you're silly not to take advantage of it. I would apply this to Ben Simmons and the Sixers. I was dabbling. I was watching a little bit of that game, especially at the end. J.J. Redick hit a huge three, gave him a seven-point lead. It was like three and a half minutes to go. Why are you not fouling Ben Simmons? Why not? The guy shoots around 53% at the foul line. Hack him. I would rather hack Ben Simmons than have J.J. Redick shoot any three, right? And I don't know I don't know how Ben Simmons is struggling that much at the free throw line. I don't get it. The guy is a point guard. I get it if a guy is 7'9 and has hands that are five times the size of the basketball. Okay, all right. You still got to work on your craft. And not be awful, but if you are, I get it a lot easier than if it's a point guard 
who's doing a lot of things very well with Ben Simmons, I do not understand how he's going to the free throw line and struggling as much as he is. Lonzo Ball, too. Lonzo Ball is very, well, he's a very good shooter in college. I'll say that. Trying to find it in the NBA. But at the foul line, he shouldn't be struggling at all there. It's got to just be a confidence thing. Just getting comfortable, that sort of deal. But you got to take advantage of that if you're an opponent while they still stink to the high heavens. And why they're not, I don't know. I don't know. By the way, Thunder get the win against the Rockets. I've said before, I would rather be the Lakers right now than the Rockets. The Rockets are good. They're just not good enough to take down the Warriors. So they're good at the wrong time. I would rather be the Lakers and show signs of potentially being good in a window where they can actually win a championship. I wouldn't want to be the Rockets right now. But the Rockets lost to the Thunder. You think about another tough position. Sam Presti with the Oklahoma City Thunder. What do you do? You don't want Kevin Durant 2.0 to happen again. You don't want to lose Paul George for absolutely nothing. But what do you do? I mean, if you trade him, you're not going to get a whole lot in return right now. But the question is, would you rather have whatever you get back for him now compared to risking the potential of losing him for absolutely nothing. That's a tough spot to be in because they're playing better basketball. And you might sit there and you can talk yourself into, well, we're probably not going to get a whole lot for him anyway. Let's ride this thing out. Hopefully we catch fire and maybe we luck out and re-sign him. You know? But man, that is an uncomfortable position to be in. Sam Presti, you got to sit there just squirming. After every loss, you have to think, oh gosh, it's going to fall apart. We're not going to go anywhere, and he's going to walk, and we're going to get nothing for him, and it's going to be just like Kevin Durant all over again. And then what are we, we going to do to build around Russell Westbrook? And every win, you got to think, well, maybe it's going to work out. It's got to just be a complete roller coaster of emotions for Sam Presti this year, the GM over there at Oklahoma City. That's a rough spot. Rough, rough spot. But I'll tell you what, some of these situations, there isn't a perfect solution. What do the Broncos do with their quarterback situation? Do you pay Kirk Cousins a boatload? I don't love doing that. Do you draft a young quarterback like Josh Allen, who isn't ready right now? Is that great for the window with the defense? That's a tough spot. There is no perfect solution. Everybody wants to play armchair quarterback when they know the results, but as of right now, it's a tough, tough spot. Same thing with Sam Presti. We can nitpick and crush Sam Presti for however it unfolds. Let's say they keep Paul George, and then he ends up walking and they get nothing for him. We can sit here and say, what are you doing, dude? Goodness. Why wouldn't you get something for the guy? When... We didn't know for sure that he was leaving, like right? And we didn't know for sure if the Warriors would stay healthy and maybe something happens, somebody gets injured, and all of a sudden Oklahoma City has a legitimate shot to win a championship. Well, like We don't know any of those things, and we never take it into account when we're crushing somebody after the fact. That's the way it goes, but Sam Presti, John Elway, not in the easiest of positions. 877 on Fox is the phone number. All right, coming up next. I have a question about an end zone celebration. 
Not sure what was going on. And the way KD and LeBron saw the foul that wasn't called on Monday night. We'll get into that. I'm Brian No, Live here from the Geico Studios, filling in for Big Ben on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian Noen for Big Ben here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Jason Martin and Jeff Schwartz, they'll be filling in for Clay coming up at the top of the hour. By the way, is Metallica going to be on this uh, Lyric game coming up here maybe tomorrow evening? Danny G? Possibly. Is, yeah, is it going to be you that we're quizzing? I don't know, man. I don't know how we're going to we, structure we got to work thing. out the logistics. Yeah, we'll work out the logistics. Maybe it's me versus uh, the militia. Maybe it's like that. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Lyric Jeopardy, something along those lines. I'm sure we can't contractually call it that. We'll figure it out, man. It's working title. Maybe that's what we'll call it. <laughs> working <laughs> title. By the way, did you see the celebration by Juju Smith-Schuster? Where it was actually, I think it was after Le'Veon Bell scored a touchdown. And I think Smith-Schuster, was it a snowball fight? Were they acting like it was a snowball fight? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, Danny G? Yeah, I saw that. Is that what they were doing? That's what I thought it was, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't know. They go crazy over there, man. Steelers love their end zone celebration. Some of them work. Some of them are geeky. And overall, I like that they're letting their hair down and celebrating, but I can't tell you I love every single one. You know, I, I think we could just go case by case instead of saying they're all mm-hmm. awesome or they're all terrible. Dude, right? Him having his bike on the sideline. That was great. This season, that, that was one of the greatest things. Yeah, During that was one of the game. best ones. Because what, his bike got stolen? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was on the sideline, like you said. And I like, you know, very underrated. After he put the chain on the bike, the the movement of the arms, right? <laughs> the movement of the arms is very underrated with that dance. <laughs> they, they've been the kings of celebrations this year. And you, Brian, you already know what my favorite one from them is, the uh, WWE pin cover where Antonio Brown cut, counted the one, two, three after the touchdown against Cincinnati. That was my favorite one of the year. That was outsta- yeah. that was outstanding. And then the bench press, too. Those the, the bench kings. press was pretty good. Oh, the bench press was great. I liked... <laughs> I liked how they mimicked. Um, oh, oh! It was um, it was AJ Green and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that was getting in a fight. <laughs> they they mimicked Jalen Ramsey like choke slamming AJ Green. That was great. That was very funny. Uh, by the way, the foul that should have been called. KD absolutely fouling LeBron James at the end of the game. Here's what KD had to say. Here's how he saw it. Uh, to the Warriors late in the game, there was a lot of debate on Twitter about whether that was a foul. Oh, on Twitter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you heard of it? Uh, but did it feel clean? Did you get a replay of it, like in your uh, mind? It felt clean. It's probably the same play. A bunch of those dudes on Twitter probably arguing about in 24-hour fitness that that wasn't a foul. So they've been in that position before, but just not on Christmas at the Oracle Arena. So they know, they know if they ain't call it, it's not a foul. But I'm sure if they if, if they get that call next week in 24-hour fitness, they gonna be pissed that it was off that they, they called a foul. So keep that. 
<laughs> it's actually a good comment by KD, but the only problem is it's not the 24-hour fitness, man. It's the NBA, all right? And if you you get basically all ball, but you come across his entire body, right? Like the whole left side, his left shoulder, you're making contact overall with other parts. That's a foul. All right? It's sure it's not going to be a foul in a pickup game, but if you're in the NBA and it happens to be the best player in the game, that's a foul. It should have been called. Absolutely should have been called. Before we get out of here, shame on me for not talking about Christmas traditions. I'm curious, Danny G. You have any Christmas traditions? Any go-tos that you did this year as well? Uh, well, my birthday falls tomorrow, so the tradition. Oh wow! The tradition has always been everybody's broke, and so I get one <laughs> gift, and they say Merry Christmas and Happy Birthday. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's been my annual tradition. So, do you normally get the gift on Christmas or on your birthday? Usually in between. It's hybrid. You get the hybrid yeah, thing. Yeah. Man, that's tough. It's confusion dude. and it's brokenness. That's rough, man. Everybody's broke after Christmas, so it's a bad time to have a birthday. You do get hosed if you have a Christmas birthday or anywhere near, anywhere in the, the area. I'll tell you what, my dad always gets me cherry chocolates every single year. So you know what I'll do? I'll, uh, I'll send you one of the four boxes that he got me, Danny G. That'll be my hybrid gift to you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 